Hey, you guys. Man, What's going on? Man, does Spock, is Spock leaving? Yeah, Spock is like scooting his way out of the video. Is it the camera? I don't want anything Spock? to do with you people anymore. Is it, is it the camera or did the Spock look? I do not know because I have not touched the camera. I mean, Pookie does like molest Spock's feet. Yeah. So it's possible that she's been scooting him over. Is that better? Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. Both you and Spock are going to go in the video next door, like on YouTube. There we go. <laughs> I'm seeing myself move it on from the delay. <sighs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. I mean, you're just, you are off the screen, though. You probably should scoot over yeah. some. Oh, well, way. no, the other way. This way. Okay. <laughs> well, you get over there, too. See? Well, no, see, because. Because then, all right, there we go. So, it is um, Saturday. Yeah. Got all kinds of messages from people like, what happened to the Friday show? What, did you guys die? Or what? You know, I'm thinking. Uh, I, we told you guys on yeah, Wednesday. What was we it? Maybe, you. maybe y'all missed it. Well, yeah, because um, I started, uh, I did a training day at my new job on Friday. And then afterward, I went to my brother's house in Daytona because my sister is down from Atlanta. So, went over there and had dinner with them and then came back home late in the night. Yeah. So that's why. But I'm pretty sure I said that on Wednesday, right? Yeah. We did. They just weren't listening. <laughs> it's dudes. You know what I mean? It's going in one ear and out the other. Yeah. What's what's up with that, Tom? I don't know. They were yeah. all gays, too, calling me pretty much. So, you know, it happens with gay men, too. They just don't listen to a woman. It's a dude thing. Well, they yeah, that's what I mean. As soon as a woman starts right. talking, it's like all they hear is like Charlie, Charlie yeah, wah, Brown's wah, wah, teacher. Wah, 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 wah. And then, like, uh, so I went down and I got some of these at the dollar store. Twisted Tea. It's like an alcoholic iced tea. They're okay. I don't think they're cold enough. They uh, they haven't been in the refrigerator long enough. See, I like everything on ice, man. I don't like this like drinking shit right out of the can. Well, I wanted to know what the experience is supposed to be like. I don't it's, give a shit what the experience is supposed to be like. I want the experience to be like I want it. See, we got <laughs> got canned shit, and then I got the real thing right here. And then we got to back up. This one here is vodka and iced tea with a little bit of lemonade in it. And, and we're going to see what that tastes like. Because this is only 5%. This is kind of beer-like. To me, it tastes like beer. Uh, Zach says... Oh, do -do, I just, where did I see it? Oh. Um, <laughs> to prevent Tom from being into next door's video, I suggest investing in a wide-angle lens. Yeah, do we also, have uh, I don't have one, no. Okay. Uh, congrats on the job, Jenny. You liking it so far? Yeah, I mean, I've only been there for one day, and I was only doing, like, little practice stuff, but, you know. It seems it seems fine. Uh, like I said, it's a little bit of a drive, but you know that's all right. I've, I've got family that live in Daytona, and I grew up there, so it's pretty. It's a pretty familiar area. It's money, and yeah, that's kind of the best thing. Yeah, it's money. <laughs> so we'll uh, see how it goes. I'm not really sure because they still have to do the um because the girl I'm replacing, uh, her last day was yesterday. So I was there with her and like the one other guy in the design department. And then I don't know if I'm actually going in on Monday because they're doing, um, they have to do a background check and I filled out all the paperwork. But she and, may not pass that background check, all the damn crimes she's committed. Right, I know, yeah, I'm yeah. just like a criminal yeah. mastermind. Yeah. I, was like, I know, that's what I was joking that's about. Oh, background check? My no, brother and sister well last night. They're gonna find out you're a serial killer. Yeah, <laughs> might, might, might as well stay Uh-oh. <laughs> My secret's out. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, as long as they don't uh, mind that my credit's terrible, I, that's pretty much the only thing that's on. Because they weren't paying you enough. Was it, well, that's what I mean. It's like, well, yeah, that's why I need a job. My credit's bad. I need to pay all my credit cards back. I need some money. But other than that, I mean, I have a really good driving record. I have, like, yeah. uh, you know. 
so so I don't foresee any problems, and I've never been arrested or nothing like that. So you pay pretty... the credit cards and get a new car, then you'd be straight. Yeah, getting getting yeah. another car is the the main problem. That's easy. I... That's easy around here. These little these uh, used car dealerships that they have here in the, around Eustace around here. I saw some good deals there, or at least they used to used to have good deals. Yeah. So you'll find some. Yeah, I'm gonna um, some. you know, it, like I said, if I get the job full time, it'll be some decent money. I gotta save up, you know. I'm I'm a couple like a month behind on some other bills, and I could pay that, and then I can start like putting a little bit aside. Yeah. Each month until I have like several thousand, so yeah. I can get another car. It doesn't have to be like new, new. It just has to be newer than yeah. my old one, which is a 2004. Yeah. So I'm sure that it'll be. Yeah, and it looks I'm like a 1994. <laughs> oh my god we took it to because finally i was just because i never fucking wash my car you know what i mean i'm just i'm got mold growing i'm fucking to... crusty that way yeah. well it's just i'm just like why i never drive it anywhere and it's like yeah. nobody looks at it so i don't yeah. give a shit when we do drive it's at night yeah when we do drive it's at night yeah. so i'm just kind of like but the other day i just couldn't stand it anymore because i went out um i went somewhere in the morning and like there was condensation on the back window and so i was wiping it down and like i took the napkin away and the napkin was black and I was like, I think we should go to the car wash. I'm like, this looks really, really bad. Yeah. It's like I can't even see out the fucking back window because it's so goddamn dirty. So, today is Saturday as opposed to Friday. So, you have already been ushered into the weekend. Yeah, someone so, else ushered so you. So, somebody in. else did it. To, you know, someone else got popped that cherry. We couldn't do it. <laughs> so, now we're just going to confirm that the weekend is here and it is Saturday. Woot. So, it's basically open line Saturday. Anything you guys want to talk about, you can drop it in the uh, chat. If you guys are not on live and you're listening to this recorded, um, you got the uh, the super thanks button is activated. So you can drop some money in the tip jar. Yeah, and you can still enjoy the show. And we're going to uh, bullshit and we're going to uh, drink and we're going to talk about any kind of current events that you want or you guys want to talk about any kind of ca- cases that we've discussed before or maybe even have some ideas for some new shows you can drop all that in the comment section super chats of course are activated and i'm moderating this bitch from back here from the co-pilot seat all right <laughs> and i got a whole bunch of moderators in there and you got we got members in there with uh green names and uh, special icons that make fun of me all kinds of shit. <laughs> that one doesn't make fun of yeah, you. Yeah, well, you. It's not making fun of I you. Know, I, <laughs> so I was this. just so excited that I found like a little clip art that looked almost exactly like you. All I had to do, like the little clip art I found, had a little mustache, but he didn't have like the little beard part. So all I had to do was like draw a little line to make the beard, and it looked pretty much exactly like yeah. you. It even had like the same shirt that you wear, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, Julianne said, how is the new job going, Jenny? I don't like starting new jobs or moving and having to get to know a bunch of new people. Yeah, I mean, honestly, everybody there seems super, super nice. And, um, you know, the design department is really only uh, three people all together. And actually, it's really only one other designer and then, like, a manager woman. And she's not there on Fridays because she's just part-time. So, but everybody seemed really, really nice. Everybody seemed very excited that I was there. Um, So, you know. It's not a huge company, but they're actually moving to a bigger building. They said in a year they're working on building it right now. So they're going to, I'm assuming it's going to be in the same area, but they're like building a larger place. So, uh, you know, 
Zach says, what vibe do you get from your boss? My last one seemed cool until I realized no one at my last job was telling me I wasn't doing well until they fired me. <laughs> well, that's kind of on them. I mean, they should have had more, like, better communication skills, I feel like. Trey said, I hate cars, man. I actually don't own one right now. To be honest, if I could afford a self-driving one or like when the self-driving ones are perfected, I'm going to get a self-driving one because it's like, I just want to be able to jump in there and fucking nap. Those dishes will never come out in our lifetime and be affordable. Well, that's what I'm, well, well, that's what, now I have to make like a lot of money because, you know what I mean? Because I want one of those. And um, I think they had problems with the ones that they had, that they have now. They'll, they'll, there's going to be weird ways to, to make those things unsafe. Like um, throwing a damn 3D dummy into a road and getting the things to lock the brakes up and cause panic. You know, I mean, you could do that with a regular driver, but they're going to be fucking with those, with, with those robots. I bet you there's all different kinds of ways you could fool one of those robots. A robotic car. Well, I don't know. You can fool human drivers, yeah. too. So. I was just realizing it last night because it's like normally when I'd be driving home from the job, it wouldn't be dark outside. But because I went to my brother's house afterward and I didn't leave his house until like nine o'clock. So it was really dark on the way home. And my night vision has gotten uh, really, really bad <laughs> like in the last few years. Mm-hmm. So especially so I'm like driving around, you know, through. Thankfully, it's not really highways. It's kind of like back streets and stuff. But um, every time somebody goes by with their fucking blaring ass headlights, I can't see shit. You know what I mean? Think of the weird shit they could do do to you with a self-driving car. You, if an enemy didn't like you, a political enemy or somebody in a corporation didn't like you, they could crash your car while you're in it. Or they could, if you were on the run, they drive you to the damn cops and turn you in. <laughs> or you're protesting, they shut your cars down so you can't protest. There's all kinds of shit you could do. I don't know. It's just, I, to me, it just seems like, one, I'm not important enough to, like, warrant anybody going to all that trouble. And two, you know, people can fuck you up in lots of different ways if they didn't have that. So yeah, there's, it's like, yeah, you know, but, I, you know, the, just the, the more, the more internet and AI takes over and the less, the fewer people are in charge of shit, the more centralized it becomes, the more it sounds like one of those Black Mirror episodes, you know, they can control everything about you and everything that you do. Like, oh, you've been driving too much. You can't go out now. Your, your your carbon footprint's too much, you know. Or you don't make enough money to be driving around as much as you do. Or um, COVID lockdown or climate lockdown or just anything. They can just make something up. Your your, your state isn't obeying uh, a federal mandate that we did. So all your cars, we're going to shut them all off until your state complies. There, there's a lot of shit, you know what I mean? That, that I don't trust any governments, you know what I mean? They can make you do all kinds of shit if they had that level of fucking control over you. And then there's no physical... You're probably charging it with electricity and they're probably metering how much your electricity... They could target you if you're a dissident and say, uh, we don't like what, what you're posting online. You're speaking out against the regime. So we're going to shut the power off to your house in particular, your car. You can't go anywhere. You're, 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 on, you're on restriction. That's like some shit China does. China does that kind of shit to people. John Smith says, speaking of criminal masterminds, today I found out a Doctor Who YouTuber I'm subscribed to, uh, Vate Saxon 7 was just arrested for murdering his pregnant girlfriend. He tried using a stream as an alibi. Hmm, I wonder if it worked. 
guess it did because uh, he got arrested. No, because he got arrested. <laughs> just answered your own question, yeah. didn't you? Trey said, I just Uber to and from work, but I walk at times, too. It's only about a mile from my house. Yeah, I mean, if my job was only a mile from my house, I would mostly walk unless it was raining. Uh, Zach said, did you shill the show to anyone at work yet? No, not yet. I kind of feel like that's probably... I'll, I'll ease into that. Because <laughs> this show's kind of like, you know, it's, it's an acquired taste, that's for sure. <laughs> it's an acquired taste. Uh, oh my goodness. Okay. Uh, Zach says, I'm really actually really excited for AI generated music. And I used uh, chat GPT to come up with ideas for a really cool story. Um, yeah, I really like, um, the AI, uh, art stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Like all the, um, I actually use dream by Wombo and you can just give it like a phrase because I use it for, you know, story illustrations and stuff like that. But you can either, you give it a phrase um, and you can upload like a photo that it'll base it off of, or you don't have to, you can just put a phrase in there and it'll like produce an artwork. And some of the stuff like doesn't really look like anything, but some of the stuff is actually like really, really cool and like really creepy looking, which I'm really, really into. Yeah, I remember somebody was saying that they had a, an AI, uh, well actually they played it. Uh, they had an AI program that wrote heavy metal music. Yeah. It was pretty damn good. Yeah. Pretty damn good. And um, it's even got lyrics, but you can't really understand the lyrics. Well, so like a heavy metal song then. <laughs> like a regular one. <laughs> well, the lyrics are just, it's just voices, yeah. but it's nonsense. Right. You could add your own lyrics over it. Have it the program that he was showing, would, it, it couldn't compile sentences and ideas. It just, it had vocals in there where vocals should be, and they were, right. you know what I mean, doing doing the melodies and stuff, but it, it was just nonsense. So you could add your own lyrics to it. Right. You know, if you could make lyrics that fit that, you could make your own lyrics to it. But it was pretty good. It was like, oh, damn. And it was even doing guitar solos where they were supposed to be. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I've been actually pretty impressed with... Um, the AI art generator that I'm using, and I'm just using it the free version because I'm not paying for the shit, but I'm just saying that some of the shit, like I said, some of it is, you know, it, you can tell that it's like a mishmash of things, Yeah. but some of the stuff is actually like pretty cool looking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like some of the, um, cause it has a bunch of different, um, like art styles, you know what I mean? Um, there's one that's like comic book art. There's one that's this, that, and the other. And so, um, so there's like three or four that I use all the time because I just like the look of them. Yeah. Like some of the other ones I don't really use all that much. But yeah, some of them are like really produce like some real spooky looking shit, yeah. which I think is like really cool. That program was doing it based on, you know, the, the genre of music, you know, whether it was, you know, black metal or heavy metal or pop metal. And then it was like you gave it a certain amount of like bands to use as. As, right as, as templates you know yeah. what i mean like i want it to be kind of like judas priest and cradle of filth you know and then the kind of song it is i want it to be kind of like hell bent for leather and also kind of like this other song here and it'll make write a song that's kind of like what you've described it's it's a trip yeah it's i mean like i said basically what it's doing at the moment is just kind of like compiling and synthesizing yeah, yeah. You know, it does the same thing. That's why I like the AI art thing that I use. I usually like to upload either photos that I took, like, you know, self-portraits or something like that, yeah. or photos that are, like, um, in the public domain, like Victorian photos or something like that. Because if you put just 
um, just a phrase in and you don't put uh, you know, a photo to use as a reference point, then it'll just compile a bunch of stuff. And I'm not actually sure like how close it would be to a photo that already exists and you still yeah. might get in trouble for like copyright. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like if you use it. So, but well, I, even if you saw my, um, the video that I put up yesterday about the night gallery, um, what do you call it? Pilot episode from 1969, that photo of me that I put on the thumbnail, like in the frame, um, that was an AI generated. Okay, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. The, uh, I could tell, though, from that music that I was listening to, that it was soulless. You could tell. It was doing things that a human probably wouldn't do. You know, it, it's definitely not into it. It's just, like I said, it's something just kind of mashed together. But it'd be a good template to use as an, we're gonna listen, okay, now this song, let's execute that song. And, you know, yeah, I mean, and that's that, that's that's what I'm saying. I don't, you do. know, I don't necessarily think. And the same thing yeah. is with the, the the AI art generator. Yeah. It's like I'm not necessarily using that as like, oh, I'm going to use this. Or I'm just using it for like ideas. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then like you can use. And I think a lot of artists are doing that too, where they're just kind of like, oh, it's like they have the AI art, and they're like, oh, now I'm going to like physically paint something that kind of looks like, like that, that. Yeah. right? Because it's like giving you an idea. You know what I mean? Or, or it could or it could like give an you an inspiration. Idea. Right. Right. So I don't really see any like issue. Eventually, it might get good enough to where it can it could fool a human though. You know well, I mean? yeah, like, I'm sure it probably will. I mean, like I said, now it's it's pretty good now. So I don't imagine. Imagine what ha- imagine what happens when um, uh, CG is so good that you can't tell a real human video of a real human and a fucking CG image of a human. You can still tell. But imagine it gets to the point where you can't tell. You could make fake news stories and fake criminal evidence. Well, they already make fake porn of people. You know that, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Deep fakes. Yeah. But you can tell, though. You yeah. can tell. You can tell it's fake. But then, yeah, they'd, be, they'd have fucking porn generators put all the fucking porn industry out of fucking business. Although I would think that people would go... Nah, that's not real porn. You know what I mean? They're gonna go to the real, the one that involves real people, probably. Yeah, because that's the thing. You got to think now. We have like everything's digital music and everything like that. But then a whole bunch of people like went out and was like, "Yeah, we like vinyl." You know what I mean? So I think you're always gonna have people that like the actual like organic experience. There was a pretty interesting uh, movie back in the '90s called Bicentennial Man. Had Robin Williams. He played an an android. Yeah, I kind of remember that. And he lived for 200 years. And over the 200 years of his development, he basically became, like, indistinguishable from a human. And what was weird is that they showed him when he was originally purchased, and he just looked kind of like something out of Metropolis, kind of. And he was pretty artificial. Um, And then there were people that, like, were kind of protesting robots, too, resisting it. And what was funny is that by the time he was around 200, robots were out of style. No, nobody, nobody really made him anymore. They were like something from the past. And he was living like a normal human. You know? Yeah. But it, it, I don't remember in the movie, I hadn't seen it in a long time, whether they made some kind of law against robots. or, But like anything can become passe, no matter how, how high-tech it is. Because they, they stopped making robots. If I remember correctly, correctly, everything went backwards. You know what I mean? It was people were growing farms and in their backyards, and 
people really didn't care about technology. They just thought that that was all, you know, gimmicky shit, you know. So anything's possible. Yeah. yeah. That's what I mean. It's, it's not necessarily linear. No. Nothing is. They just went, yeah. But I thought that was kind of a weird twist on that story, is that people became anti-technology. John Smith said, I remember a metal band from way back when called Hate Beak. The lead singer was a parrot, not a guy dressed as a parrot, an actual parrot. <laughs> was the par- Did the parrot have like a little outfit, like a little leather jacket or something? Because that would be really cool. <laughs> yeah, Ben said, lots of things are under serious threat from AI. Cinema, porn, music, writing, streaming, gaming, all can be done by AIs. Yeah, it'll be kind of interesting to see how things are going to go, like when... You know, because the AI is getting real good now, so I don't know. I just, we'll see what happens. We'll have to find some way to deal with it, but, you know. Well, in the Dune universe, we would be in what's called the Butlerian Jihad, which where AI, robots, um, and big tech and oligarchs that controlled big tech were uh, taken over. They were, And people were kind of atrophying. You know, they were trying. Their, their their skills were becoming atrophied. Their mental abilities and physical abilities were going backwards. And um, it says in the damn in, in the movie, the movie part of the intro, it says that men was it men were being controlled by machines that were that were controlled by other men and other machines. You know, in in uh, which is kind of a weird way of putting it. I remember because you know, everything was kind of real poetic, like they were talking out of a, an ancient Bible, and um, that their minds had become atrophied due to uh, AI doing all the work for them. And uh, they were slowly becoming enslaved by it, by just becoming idle. Uh, and then eventually it's caused some kind of revolt, and it's not in the Dune book that I read. Um... I think it ended up becoming part of the extended universe, but it was just a period called the Butlerian Jihad. And that was the, during that time they made it illegal to make a, a machine in the image of the mind of man. In other words, no computers, no, no, no machine that could think. So they had to uh, develop like mental abilities and psychic powers. And they were making things called golas, which was interesting. Some of them, some of the golas were just born in vats, but I don't. But they were born dead, if I remember correctly, like brain dead. Some of them, some of the golas were just collected from dead bodies that were revived. And they were infused with a bunch of drugs and uh, um, basically kind of brainwashed into being savants. And they were the human computers, and they could do anything. They had all. They were called mentats, and they could have all these fantastic mental abilities. But you could buy one, um, like a piece of equipment, because they technically weren't people, because they were dead, or they were, or you know, brought back to life from the dead, and they didn't really have normal kind of psychology. But in the books, some of them were had gotten kind of free and became like celebrities, you know, the <clears throat> fantastic mental feats and the ability to write music and uh, do advanced science and advanced physics and mathematics just in their head. They could outperform a computer. And they were using drugs, too, to do it. Different kinds of drugs, like, you know, juice of safu and shit. But it's just interesting what might be possible. You know, some of the stuff that Frank Hubert came up with 
pretty pretty out there, but some of it came true. He's talking tens of thousands of years in the future. Zach says, um, or how shooting on film for movies became the trendy thing after digital took over, even though they'd only been shooting on digital for like three years. Yeah, it seemed like when digital for digital first came in, like everybody was like, "Ooh, we can shoot like so much cheaper and stuff like that." And they kind of you even had like David Lynch experimenting with it, like with Inland Empire. But then like then you got to a point where, like I said, just like kind of people went back to collecting vinyl again. A lot of filmmakers, but like horror filmmakers and stuff like that, went back to kind of more analog types stuff like setting their movies in the past like you know shooting on film and things like that so i think you're always going to have this kind of constant push and pull it's like you know a new technology comes out everyone wants to fuck with it and everyone wants to play with it and see what its possibilities are but then like after a while you just kind of lose interest and go back to kind of the classic stuff i think that's usually what happens you know what i mean i don't think digital is going anywhere obviously and i don't think ai is going anywhere but i think there's always going to be like a significant percentage that you know, want to do want to do things the hard way, I guess. Zach says, uh, "Oh my God, I just looked up Hatebeak and found another band uh, called Caninus. Caninus. The singers are a pair of female pit bulls. Somehow, <laughs> ah, is this kind of is this like that fucking those Christmas songs that had like the dogs barking jingle bells or whatever? Is it kind of that kind of situation?" I kind of hope not. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I was actually thinking about um, more kind of analog horror films earlier today because earlier today I watched Skinnamarink because it's on Shudder. This one keeps losing its connection. I gotta get my other one. They just put it on Shudder a couple days ago and I didn't realize. Like I went, because I hadn't checked Shudder in like a few days. And I went and checked it, and I was like, ooh, look at that. There's my Saturday sorted out. So I'll put up a review of it tomorrow. I really liked it, but it's going to be one of those movies that I feel like most people are probably not going to like it. Because <laughs> it's um, it's real experimental, let's put it like that. Real experimental. But I don't know. I really dug it. But it's one of those movies that you really kind of have to let yourself get on that wavelength. You know what I mean? And it's a real... It's a very, very niche wavelength. But if you get on that wavelength, you'll be like, yeah, it's like super creepy. Uh, he didn't watch it. I watched it. Tom would would have hated it, I'm sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. I didn't see it. I don't even know what you're talking about. Skin and Marink. I didn't see it. I watched it earlier. Um, yeah, John Smith said, I hear mixed reviews about it. Those that love it, love it. Those that don't hate it. Yeah, it's it's very, very divisive. I can see why it's very, very divisive. But like I said, if you're real into, like I said, I'm, I'm going to do a review of it. I'll put a review up tomorrow but because um, it's almost done. But if you're real into like analog horror, like ARGs, if you're real into like super like inscrutable like experimental shit, like if you liked Inland Empire, if you liked like Begotten or if you like stuff like that, then you might dig it. Otherwise, I don't think you'll dig it at all. You'll just like think it's pointless and boring i feel like or pretentious i don't know about pretentious i didn't think it was pretentious but you know what i mean um uh also can we agree period movies shot on digital just look strange it makes everything look uh phony somehow yeah there's just something about it it's like you can't quite put your finger on it but it doesn't have the same 
depth. It doesn't have the same warmth. It's a, you know, it's the same kind of thing as people said when CDs first came out. And they're like, oh, it doesn't sound the same as vinyl because, you know, it doesn't have that wide range of tones that you can get like with vinyl. You know what I mean? It's a lot more narrow band. Oscar says, begotten is a trip. It is. It is. But this one is, it's kind of similar to that in the sense that, I mean, Begotten is silent um, and Skinamarink isn't. Uh, there is some dialogue in Skinamarink, although not very much. But it's, tr it's essentially trying to convey the feeling of a childhood nightmare, like on a screen. And I think it's like, actually very successful at doing that. But like I said, you really have to like get on that wavelength. Otherwise, you're not going to like it at all. Um, John Smith said a horror animation that took 40 years to make is on Shudder. Mad God. Yeah, we did a review of that uh, a little while back. Uh, Fuck me dead. Is it bleak but awesome? Yeah, it's really, really cool. I mean, I cannot believe just the detail and the work that went into that. It's fucking crazy. But yeah, it's it's really awesome. Who was the, what was the name of the guy? Phil Tippett, right? Phil Tippett was the guy that made that? I don't know. We saw it, though. We saw it. Which one? Mad God. Which one was that? The an the stop motion animation. Oh, that one, yeah, yeah, yeah. It looked good, but there wasn't any story to it, really. It I just... mean, there was, but it was very symbolic. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Let's see what else. Lion X Warrior said, "Why is Jenny looking so childlike and solemn?" Cheer up, young lass. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm all right. I was just, you know, thinking about stuff. Plus, I man, I wish I could afford a fucking massage you know what i mean she, she would never ask me for one well yeah because you're you it hurts when you do it yeah, yeah she never asked me for that shit <laughs> now they're talking about golas and mentats and shit i played a lot of the games and i've read some of the books and then some of the and i'd seen other things being referred to it, it may it's unclear a lot of the technologies that they're talking about they just leave it op open to your interpretation like, it's my understanding a, a Gola was, could be a clone, but a Gola could also be a dead person brought back to life, and that you could take that Gola and turn that Gola into a Mentat. There was a bunch of different technologies that they could apply to different things and, 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 and apply to different kinds of people. That was my understanding of it based on, I haven't read the books in a long time. And they had also mentioned things that just didn't exist in this world. Like, they had this thing called an ego-likeness, which was like a picture. But it, based on the description, it was slightly 3D and it moved a little bit. But when you were in its presence, you had the sensation of being in that person's presence because it captured some of their ego or, or, or soul. So when you, looked, when you looked at the picture or stood next to it looking at it, you felt the person's presence with you. That's a weird technology. Nothing like that exists. They somehow captured a person's quantum essence in some way. It called it an ego likeness. And they don't spend any time explaining it to you. It just said that dude was looking at an ego likeness and, you know, got the experience and then he, you know, moved on to something else. They have a lot of stuff like that. 
they were good books. Good ideas. Ben said golas were clones from harvested bodies. Clones from harvest. Okay, so so it's not the actual body brought back to life. It's a clone of the dead body that they brought back. Okay. Then he said the Tylaxu had converted their women into breeding tanks. Yeah, the Tylaxu didn't have women. That they they got rid of sexism by getting rid of women. They were all <laughs> well, male. That's, that's one way to do it. Yeah. Well, it was more an equal and more balanced society. One without lust or sexual desire. What, about, what to, about gay men, though? They, I think they were. I think they were. Or, I don't know, it's hard to tell, because I think, based on what I remember of the Tylaxu, I think they were based on, like, Buddhist philosophy, where they weren't supposed to, supposed to like, eschew any kind of fucking desire or lust. So, they just artificially inseminated these kind of humanoid torsos that were in breeding tanks and they came out. It didn't have a head, though, I don't think. I don't think... It wasn't a conscious person. It was just, a, I think, a headless, limbless torso floating in a damn tank of vat of fluid. It was a, basically a, a womb, that's all it was. There were no women. So it was like a, a whole society based like on a Buddhist monastery, I guess. But they were genetically engineering shit doing things they weren't supposed to be doing sounds great <clears throat> I think they were I think they were the ones that invented things called slugs, which was a slug and a pig and didn't have any bones it just was all pure pork a and they were selling it to, they were selling it to people that they didn't like to um, to um, make them imp spiritually impure it's like the equivalent of Muslims selling pork to people. To, 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 it'd, be, it'd be like that kind of thing. Like, yeah, we don't eat pork, but you eat pork. You, you know, here, eat these. John Smith said, judging by his writing, I'm guessing Frank Herbert might have done LSD from time to time. Oh, yeah, hell yeah. I kind of feel like a lot of those writers did. Well, it is, like, very helpful for, yeah. you know, giving you ideas for shit. He was a genius, though. I think he was an, uh, an ecologist, I think, or... You know, he, he was fucking real smart. He knew how systems would work together. Cultures and religions and philosophies. The whole thing about the damn Salacious Secundus, you know, and the fucking Sardaukar. The Sardaukar terror troops. That was some badass fucking... It was a whole prison planet. Where they'd send the convicts down there and the environment would kill most of them. And they'd get tough as shit and then they'd make them kill each other fight each other in these gladiatorial arenas and the guys that rose to the top they'd make them mercenaries to serve the emperor so there and, and once he became a Sardaukar you were rich man they were like millionaires but they were the total warrior cult they even spoke a different language called bat language which was kind of like militarese nothing but just acronyms and twisted shit that you could say I think it didn't even have vowels it was just Anything that would confuse the enemy, but it was real fast to speak. Pretty neat. Tammy said there was a Mothman sighting in Pikeville, Kentucky, which is only about an hour north of me. Like, recently? Hmm. We're going to have to do... Did we ever... We did a show on Mothman, didn't we? Well, we did one about cryptids, and I think we talked about Mothman on there. Mothman mm. seems like a cool... I don't believe in Mothman, but I think he's like a cool fucking cryptid. I got a mo little Mothman, a little stuffed Mothman back there. I don't know if you can see him. He's kind of hanging up on the wall. Mothman is a sandhill crane. Probably. Either that or a big-ass owl. Yeah. Maybe. And uh, if you live around here, we see cranes all the time. Sandhill cranes in there. Friendly as hell. And they try to get in your house. You feed them once, they, they will not forget you. 
and they just keep bringing their children to you. Feed this one, feed this one. <laughs> and they grow big, and they grow pretty fast. There was a little couple that I would feed the children, and, and that went on for two years. But uh, two, two different breeding seasons, they came back, remember? Mm-hmm. They remembered me. I guess they mate for life. They the seem child. to. I mean, they yeah. all kind of look alike, but you yeah. know what I mean. Come up to the back. Yeah, that's they come up to the back door and they use the beak and they pop, 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 pop on the back window. Like yeah. motherfucking letting the fucking crazy. Like, hey, babe, feed the baby, feed the baby, and and they back up. They back up and go feed him. You can't imagine how hilarious it is to yeah, like yeah, yeah. hear somebody knocking like on yeah. the glass of the front door, you and you go like and open the thing, knocks. and it's a bird. It's a big ass fucking bird. Like looking at you. Yeah. The the feed my baby. <laughs> Hold on, let me get some bread. There was like four of them on the front yeah, yeah. porch one time, like just looking in the door, like yeah. they were like, "Hi, we're here for Jehovah's Witnesses." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like so fucking yeah. funny. So, I, so funny. I'd feed them a, a couple times, but then you have to cut it off. Shut up. And I guess other people do the same thing because they they take the hint that okay, I guess they're not gonna feed feed us anymore. I get the hose out, and start squirting at them. No more, no more food. And they go, oh, come on. They're beggars, you know. Well, hey, I mean, you yeah. know, better than working, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but they're uh, they're very smart. Birds are not dumb. A lot of birds are very smart, yeah. I mean, that's all in that neighborhood. You technically were not supposed to feed them for that exact reason. Yeah, I think you're not supposed to feed them in the entire state. I think it's a state law. You're not supposed to it feed them. It might be. Well, yeah. and because, and particularly in that neighborhood, they were always, like, really strict about it because... Yeah. One, they're really noisy. They make like a lot of noise, and they'll fight to get in your house. Yeah, and they'll and they poop everywhere, and their poops are real big. Yeah, because they're very very big birds. Yeah. <laughs> and they would hang out like in the road, man. There'd be yeah. like a whole like gang of them. And they they know they're a protected bird. They'll show up and they'll have a little young one with them, and they'll show it off. Like look look how cute it is. Feed it. They are cute when they're, they're like, little. Feed it. Feed it. Yeah, and they know because they, people are feeding them, so they know. They know that humans will feed the babies. I wonder yeah. if you're really supposed to, because I know a lot of people will give them like bread. I think we gave them like granola and stuff, but it's like yeah. I kind of feel like that's probably not the ideal food for them. I wonder what you're if you're. I mean, if you were gonna feed them, just hypothetically, like I wonder what the best thing to feed them would be. Fish, I guess. Maybe well, and bugs. Yeah, they're they're picking. They're getting little things out of the dirt, like crickets and whatnot. Yeah. I imagine that would probably. I think they're little like, little grubs, little worms. Yeah, that's what they're eating. Because it's probably not good to give them bread and. They'll eat it though. Well, yeah, they'll eat it, they'll but eat I'm just it. you know, there's a lot of animals will eat things that aren't yeah. good for them. It's like dogs will eat chocolate, but that's yeah. like they're really not supposed to. John Smith said, "My favorite bird fact: a woodpecker's tongue wraps around its brain." Protecting it when it hammers on a tree. Damn, that's weird. <laughs> Nature's weird, y'all. We had a, um, I don't think, I think he's gone now, but for a while we had a woodpecker out here at this house, like, um, whacking on the side of the house because it was really loud. It must have been, like, right outside of this window, like, in my office because it was, like, super noisy. Yeah, Tammy said the, uh, the Mothman sighting was only a couple days ago. Yeah. Well, holy shit, I'm going to have to look that up then. Because I didn't think there'd been any Mothman sightings for a while. You know. Ugh. Ben says, uh, Yodorowsky's Dune is a must-see documentary. I know, I keep like, meaning yeah, to watch yeah, I that. See it, yeah. I keep meaning to watch that. I want that. the poster from that. You can buy the poster yeah. of that movie. 
from, just, from that documentary. It looks great. It's just sad that no, that they never made it, but you know, because <laughs> that would have probably been pretty epic, I'd imagine. Pretty epic. They're saying Mothman is in Fallout seventy six. You have that, don't you? No, that's the new one. Oh, is that? You got to be out. Well, gotta, which one? Yeah. I don't know if Fallout 76 is any good or not. You know, I've heard mixed things about it. There, there, he's saying that the Tylaxu were fucking little dwarves that used face dancers. I remember the face dancers. Face dancers was a guy who was kind of like a, uh, kind of like a doppelganger. Uh, he had they had muscles all over their skin, and they could pull their faces and their bodies into all these different shapes and. Um, uh, impersonate other people. I think they were kind of like in that universe. They were banned. They uh, in certain places had them banned because they were commonly used in a, some kind of war that had happened a couple centuries before. They were using assassins. So like face dancers in some areas were just killed on sight, even though it's just a it's a person, but it's a genetically engineered person that could just be a doppelganger. Well, yeah, I mean, you could see how that might be an issue. <laughs> yeah, if they saw a person, they could practice real quick and then just look, just look, just like that person. <clears throat> you could get people like uh, arrested. You yeah. could do all kind of like. Well, it would kind of suck if you were born like that, though, and you they people well, just killed yeah. you on sight, you know, well, for yeah. being that. Yeah. yeah, it happens. It happens. Uh, Zach said, "Wasn't Yardarowski supposed to do Alien Three originally?" I think I remember hearing that, but I don't. I don't even remember what happened in Alien Three. Which one was That's that? That's when they went to the prison. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Alien Three really should have been good. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't as great. It was. It wasn't great. It was not a good follow-up to uh, to Aliens or Part Two. I mean, just the first thing they do is piss you off and kill Hicks and uh, Newt. Well, then it like killed them off screen, right? Off screen because before they, they couldn't, right? Before they even before they even started the fucking. Oh yeah! Fight. By the way, they're dead. Let's yeah. Move by on. the way, they died. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> so all that shit was for nothing. Yeah. So they just that was just a bad idea. That was just not good. And then four Sigourney Weaver, I think, produced that. I remember it not being real bad. It had some good ideas in it. But I also remember it feeling kind of cheap. I haven't seen it in a while. I have it. I remember it feeling kind of cheap and not really... Although I th I remember thinking that it was better than 3. Even though 3 was... 3 in some ways was better it was in terms of quality. 3 was a lot like 1 in some ways. But the timing was wrong on it. And just the the way it was handled... is. It shouldn't have been, it shouldn't have it shouldn't have gone down like that. It just it's kind of the beginning of the end of the Alien franchise. The Alien franchise was better in the fucking AVP. I think I thought that was better than fucking three and four. And I liked, like I said, I, t t uh, I don't give a fuck what anybody says. I liked Prometheus and I liked fucking Prometheus two, which was Covenant, even though they fucked him up. They fucked him up by cutting all the best shit out. Dumbasses. And and not getting into the engineers and, and all that, you know. They, they had to make that a damn alien movie. 
which is stupid, man. I never should have done that. But listening to the audience too much, giving studios too much control. But, you know, I guess they're making the movie, but... Yeah, and it's like, like I said, they want to make as much money as possible, and the way you make as much money as possible is by appealing to as many people as possible. But if you're trying to appeal to as many people as possible, then you're going to have to, like, water steps down. There was a, a YouTube channel uh, that dug up or found the leaked Prometheus script and went through it and showed how the original script was going to go, and it was badass. That, that's what they should have made. That's what Ridley Scott wanted to make. It was not a, not an alien movie, but it was as cool as an alien movie. Just went in a slightly different direction. But they didn't want to go that way because it explained Christianity, of what Christianity was. That it was actually alien. That it came from the that all of all of mankind's religions had come from these engineers. And really, they're going back to what they're talking about is fucking, what's his name, Zachariah Sitchin and the Anunnaki. That's what they're talking about. Right. Which, yeah, man, that's the way they should have gone. That's the way. And that, yeah, they're, the gods hate you because you're a failed experiment. <laughs> that's a fucking great horror story. I mean, it would make a lot of sense. Yeah, they're like, they're, you know, they actually are trying to kill you because you didn't turn out right. You were, it was a, you're a failed experiment. And, that's a cool horror fucking premise. You know? Well, yeah, I mean, that's almost kind of like... Yeah. It's kind of a similar thing to what Lovecraft was doing. Right. Where, you know, it's... Right. His, his thing was mostly like the gods were indifferent, mm. you know. But that's, you know, that's scary, too. I kind of feel like people have a lot of uh, existential in, dread about that. In uh, Prometheus, the idea was, what Scott was, is that the gods were imperfect themselves... And they created you as their salvation, but you were also a fuck-up. And they're going to get rid of you. Because you have a sin, basically. Errors in your DNA. You know. Yeah, like, You're well, not good enough. Back to the drawing back board. Back to the drawing board. <laughs> right. We fucked that one up. Yeah, original sin is what they're talking about. But it's all fucking... Yeah, man. They, they turn mankind's religions into horror stories. Hell yeah, man, do it. Which, yeah, I mean, they yeah. should have. And the thing about it is that they've made, like, stupid History Channel documentaries about the Anunnaki and all yeah. that kind of stuff, so it's like, I don't really see why anybody... Yeah, people love it. People love that shit. It's just that, I guess, when you think of the Anunnaki and Nirabu and all that, you know, some of these people kind of had kind of an elevated opinion, you know, of it. Like, oh, they're like the good guys. But in, in Prometheus... The angels are demons also. They're about the same they're the same thing. You know. And they don't really like you. You didn't turn out good enough. You're inferior to them. Which explains you know, the shit like the Titans and the Greek gods on Mount Olympus, why they're fucking twelve feet tall or twenty feet tall. That's how big the that's how big the uh the engineers were. Or the Anunnaki, that's what we're gonna call them. They're big. Giants. You know. Giants roaming the earth and all that. But see, I just feel like, you know, uh, all of all of mankind's religions that they've ever invented, like, they stem from pretty much that same idea. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, the gods are just, like, an elevated version of humans, yeah. but it's like we are never, we're always, like, failing to live up to, to their, their ideal. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I kind of feel like, you know, a lot of people, I think, resonate with that because... Yeah. 
you know, it's a very common idea yeah. throughout cultures. And they, they live on Mount Olympus, so they live in the heavens, and they, they, uh, they descend from the heavens to fucking do things for you and create miracles. Well, the heavens are space. They're coming from outer space and coming down to talk to you and, and trying to teach you wisdom and trying to civilize you, you know, teach you how to be good. And that's what it showed. Well, they tried, but then they decided they were going to wipe us out. That's a fucking great, that's a great premise. I mean, they kind of did that, but it's just kind of like, you know. Well, you see the... Remember the android was his name, David? Yeah. They confused the audience because they didn't let the audience know that David and Vickers, the, the you know, who was the the, uh, the woman, mm-hmm. uh, what was her name? Uh, Charlie Theron. Yeah. That she wasn't human, that she was a, she was a replicant, and that David was an android, and they were in charge of the mission, not the human crew. The human crew were the test subjects. They were going to try to figure out the secrets of immortality to them on them and David and Vickers were going to handle the whole mission and they didn't let people know that so they didn't understand why the crew was so stupid and why they were why they you know you have a, a biologist who is just dumb as shit and a geologist that wants nothing to do with aliens well it's because they weren't the crew they were the test subjects really but it was a clandestine mission <clears throat> You know, so the the you had to read in between the lines. Uh, what was his name? The not Whalen, but uh, yeah, Peter Whalen. Yeah, that's his name, right? Yeah, Peter Whalen chose the worst crew possible, and then the he chose uh, <clears throat> Shaw and her boyfriend to go on the mission because they were true believers. They said that. He wanted true believers to go on the mission. That's because they were going to disappear them because he was going to hide the fact that the mission ever happened and he was going to kill off anybody who believed it that, that in this concept that of the Anunnaki. So he could cover up him stealing the secret of life, which is, that's what Prometheus is. He stole fire from the gods. It's a stealing the secret to life is what that whole mission was about. But then... Um, the android David figured out that the Anunnaki were fucked up, that they they weren't what they were supposed to be, and he he hijacked he hijacked the technology. And in the second one, he was hijacking it and learned how to make the damn xenomorphs. Which I don't think that's the way. That's not originally the way the story was supposed to go. I don't think that was a good idea to do it that to do it that way. But Lion X Warrior said, isn't the entire human race a failed experiment? <laughs> God is a deeply flawed designer. I prefer to think of, I, so, you know, maybe I don't know. Maybe this is like a different way of looking at things. But I do kind of feel like, because I'm not religious at all. So I kind of feel like if you're coming at things from like a top-down perspective, it's like, oh, you know, God's perfect and he invented humans and they're just kind of like a lame knockoff. Then, yeah, then humans are always going to seem like they're never living up to their potential or whatever. But I kind of feel like if you're coming at things from like an evolutionary standpoint, I'm like, like, it's bottom up. So it's like, we're pretty good for just being a kludged together collection of shit that was just laying around. You know what I mean? So don't be so hard on yourself. That's that's where I'm coming at it from. (laughs) Yeah, all life is temporary, though, and it's all um, all species is temporary. Everything is a work in progress. Uh-huh. A rabbit is a work in progress. A cat is at a work in progress, and so are humans. They're not finished. 
Mostly they die off, though. If you look at the history of life on this planet, most species are gone. The only one that's still around would have been like the horseshoe crab. And do you want to be a horseshoe crab? I wouldn't want to be a horseshoe crab. I think that crab. might be pretty chill. Wouldn't, ha- wouldn't have to worry too much about anything, would you? A horseshoe crab <laughs> is so primitive that its fucking blood is based in, in copper instead of iron. That's fucking old. Yeah. Uh, it's also so primitive that you can hijack its nervous system, including its eyes, and run it around on remote control. So yeah. it's damn near a robot, which is almost kind of like what a xenomorph was. A, you know, the fucking... The, another word for it that they're using in that whole franchise is the biomechanoid, which means living machine man. Which just seems to be why the damn... The androids are so into these damn aliens. Like, wow, you know, they're looking through the microscope and going, oh, because I think it's a living machine. But I think humans are living machines. I think all life is a living machine, basically. Granther says, we're only a couple of DNA strands different than banana slugs sliming their way across the forest floor. It's true. Want some more ice? Yeah. And to be honest, like, even the simplest... Because I don't know if you guys know, if you guys watch um, Zay Frank, he doesn't uh, post all that often, but he does, like, really funny, uh, kind of, they're little, they're little nature documentaries, but they're kind of, like, smartass, but they're, they're, like, uh, you know, factual. And he did one the other day about slime molds, and you would think, because a slime mold is essentially, like, a single cell organism, but they can do, like, all kinds of amazing things. So it's, like, it's really cool to me, like, watching stuff like that, which is, like, an animal that you don't really even think of as being anything all that impressive because they're very simple or they're very primitive. But they can do, like, crazy shit. They can even do some shit that we can't do, which I think is, like, really awesome. So, you know. Uh, John Smith said, for a bunch of mean little apes, we do okay. That's what I mean. It's, like, you know what I mean? And even, like I said, like, really simple animals that you think wouldn't be able to do much of anything, like, they can do, like, some really cool shit, too. So everybody's got their own fucking shit going on. You just, like, kind of have to look at it in a different way. That's all. There's a real good low-budget movie that was well thought out. It was called Gattaca. Oh, we should... Re- Did we ever review that? No, uh-uh, we need to review it. I That's need to a, buy it. I really like that movie. I don't have it. I need to buy it. Gattaca is in kind of a fi- fictional future. Where everyone is is, is uh, genetically engineered. It's got that girl from uh, P- Pulp Fiction in it. What's her name? Not Winona Ryder. What's that girl? Hey, Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman. Uma I didn't Thurman. think Uma Thurman was in it. I thought yeah, Scarlet. I thought Scarlett Johansson was in no, it. No, Uma Thurman's in it. Oh, I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah, and then it's got that other guy. I forgot who what his name was. You'll recognize him. If you Ethan Hawke was Ethan in Hawk, it I think from it the Black Phone yeah. and uh, Sinister and other. It, everybody's genetically engineered. It's a real peaceful, high-class world, all right? Natural-born people are being phased out. They can't really get jobs. Well, they're like an underclass. They're an underclass, and they're just being aged out. Um, the, the closest, the only job you're going to get is to be like a janitor, all right? Um, and the, the difference between a normal born person and a genetically engineered person is kind of the difference between a, a human and a chimpanzee. So the, the genetically engineered people kind of treat normal people as as handicapped, basically. They treat them as handicapped. They're not mean to them. It's just that they don't, they don't give them any, anything to do, you know. Uh, 
they'll have a little supervisor who he's normal. You know, I think Ernest Borgnine was the supervisor. Wasn't it Ernest Borgnine? I haven't seen it all. He's running all the janitors. All right, guys, get the buckets together. We're going to mop. And then uh, the rest of all the genetically engineered people are all young and perfect and real intelligent. And they just live a fucking much better life, you know what I mean? They can just walk in and just by the virtue of their DNA, they can just give them a little bit of a blood sample. And they can get, they can look at their blood and go, oh yeah, yeah, you can have this job. Because they know how intelligent they are and how dependable and how good their health is. They know their lifespan. They know everything about them just, by, just on their blood. It's very interesting. Well, it's about a natural born guy whose parents didn't have him genetically engineered because they were religious. So he was just a normal guy, but he had bad vision. He had to wear glasses. And there's just no way to hide the fact that you're natural born if you need glasses. So he's a janitor at a fucking space program. He wants to be an astronaut, but he'll never be an astronaut. So, um... And there's like a good-looking, genetic-engineered woman that he's... Well, he meets her later, but that's Uma Thurman. So what he does is, is he tries to go into the criminal underworld to find a way to fake um, being genetically engineered so he can become an astronaut. And there's a way to do it. He found a genetically engineered guy that was in a wheelchair and sold him his identity. Yeah, it was played by uh, Jude Law. Jude Law. And the idea was, it's like, I'll give you my supply of my blood and give you, uh, we'll take that every day. You go out and work and uh, you pay me half of everything you make and you take care of me and fucking do shit with me and, you know, and I'll uh, give you the blood that you need. So he makes a whole new identity. And just with that, he had that guy's blood hidden inside of a fake fingertip. And he just touched that pad, and they got his blood out. And they go, oh, okay, yeah, you can be an astronaut. And they just let him in, and he became an astronaut. And um, they wear suits and shit. And it's not, not, not space suits, but just wear a three-piece suit to be an astronaut. And uh, the girls in there liked him. And they were trying to steal his hair and, like, the, and, and like his skin cells that were falling off of his body. Every day, he had to vacuum up his work area. Because girls would steal your shit. And have you DNA tested to try to see how good your DNA was. They wouldn't date you if, unless you had fucking perfect DNA. It's, it's, a, it's a trip. It's a, it's a good movie. Yeah, I really like that movie. Yeah, I've seen good. it several times. I'm just, I feel like we... I put it in the poll like a few times like a long time ago, but it never won. And I was just kind of like... I thought we'd reviewed it, but I guess we didn't. Yeah. We should probably get around <clears throat> to it one of these days. Everything was quiet and everything was classy in that world. There was no crime. Um, they smoked because they couldn't get cancer. They also drank and drove. It didn't matter. <laughs> it didn't because they could drive. They could drive when they were drunk, and uh, everybody was like on the honor system. They they didn't have cops watching genetically engineered people. They let them do whatever. They, the cops were just watching people that weren't genetically engineered. It's a good movie. Slasher Fred said, since you guys are talking about Alien, one of these days you should watch and review the 1950s movie It, The Terror from Beyond Space. Uh, because, yeah, Alien does take a lot of uh, ideas from that, matter of fact. You're talking about It, right? We saw It. Yeah. We saw It. Um, we haven't seen it recently. No, it, the, it, The oh, Terror wait, from the Beyond thing. Space. Yeah, I was thinking of this Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. 
We saw the thing from another world. Yeah. I didn't see it, I don't think. I saw it, but it was a very long time ago. Because remember how we went off on a thing doing 50s? That's the thing. It's like, I was thinking about this earlier. I'm not sure what we're going to do about the movie reviews because um, I'm not going to have as much time to watch the movies or research the movies. Yeah. So I'm not real sure. I mean, we could probably do one tomorrow, and I still want to do the haunting show on Monday, but I'm not sure if we're going to do, like, a movie review on Tuesday. I'm not real sure. Because I didn't put up a poll. I did put one. I put up a poll for the um, topic, but I didn't put one up for the movies. I don't know. Like I said, I'm going to have to figure out, once I get the job going and once I get the hours going and everything like that, we're going to have to, like, maybe shuffle around some times for the show and... Because it's not just so much having time to do the show. It's having time to do the research for the show and, like, taking notes for it and everything like that. So I still need to have time to do that. You know what I mean? Granther said, is Saturday now the permanent night for sidetracks? Probably not. Um, We'll probably do them Friday like we usually have done. We just did it Saturday this week because I was at my brother's house last night, like, visiting. Because my sister was down. So, um, you know. Because I would work, but I would be home by six we might push it back later we might push it to like seven you know because it takes me a while to get home but i don't think unless you unless you want to what move the sidetrack show to saturday permanently or should we leave it on friday like i said if we leave it on friday we should probably have to push it an hour later but might well maybe we can we might be able to do it on saturday because if you're working on friday you're going to come home late you shouldn't really have to worry about getting ready for the show Saturday and you see we might be going out on Friday nights yeah that's true I don't know we'll think about it Yeah. once we get everything but yeah just this week in particular it was just because I was at my brother's house last night until like 9 or 10 so that's why because I went after I went to the job I went to my brother's house because he lives in Daytona or Ormond Beach so I went to see him. I don't think a- Alien was mostly based on another movie, an Italian flick called what was it Va- Space Vampires? Well, it, we um we did that one, I think. Yeah, the with the Mario Baba one, Planet yeah, of the Planet of the Vampires. Planet of the Vampires. Yeah, that's that's. Really but it the Terror from Beyond Space was also was it? Yeah, okay. like that's Planet of the Vampires. One of the one of the best uh, old science fiction flicks when it comes to how it looked and how it was shot. Yeah, it was like super cool. It was, yeah, it was well, like I said, Mario Baba, he yeah. was a great visual stylist. Yeah. It was like, you know, on par with Forbidden Planet. Well, Forbidden Planet was a little bit better, but yeah, similar to Forbidden Planet. Mario Baba also also made what I consider the first uh, slasher movie. Bay of Blood. Or Twitch of the Death Nerve. I mean, it's kind of the first... I know a lot of people say Black Christmas, too, which, you know, okay, I can give you that. But I think that Bay of Blood was the first movie that had... uh, was recognizably a slasher movie. Like, if you showed it to somebody nowadays that was real into, like, 80s slashers, they'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, absolutely. Because, like I said, even Friday the 13th Part 2, like, stole a couple of gags, like, directly from that. So. But I feel like a lot of people don't know that that's... Not saying there weren't kind of slasher adjacent movies prior to that, but I think that was the first one that people would actually recognize as a slasher movie. And that came out of when? 1969? 70? Uh-huh. Something like that. It was a few years before Black Christmas, anyway, because Black Christmas was 1974. Pretty sure it was maybe 1971. John Smith said Alien was originally going to be a Corman movie called Star Beast. Then Star Wars was a hit, and any sci fi movie had its budget pumped. 
Yeah, I, I mean, Star Wars changed the entire fucking game. Yeah, if you didn't see that in the theater when it came out as a kid like I did, you don't understand the impact that made in all movies. Yeah. That that movie there was an independent flick that blew Hollywood out of the water. It was back, basically an independent flick. It was British with an American cast, or mostly, partially, American, mostly American leads, and uh, um, an American director. But brilliant... Brilliant fucking special effects work and, and, and acting from the British that propped that shit up with a real good score and a tight edit, and there was just nothing like that. When it came out, it just changed the whole fucking universe of movies. The American studio system was just shaken to the core, and that's what led to the rise of fucking Spielberg and, and Lucas. Hello, Lucas, man. Come on. In general, Lucas was more of an idea man than a director, man. Spielberg was a better director, if you ask me. Well, yeah, I don't think you'd get yeah. too much argument on that score. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I kind of feel like prior to Star Wars coming out, I don't think... I mean, sci-fi, it was kind of seen as like a very fringe genre. It's like it wasn't really taken all that seriously. It wasn't really seen as something that... I mean, it was either mm-hmm. something that was like B-movies or something for like nerds, like Star Trek. Uh, yeah. To an extent. I remember, man, in the 77, there was only one other science fiction movie that was a movie That was high quality, and that was 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah. And nobody understood it. Nobody yeah. Under, nobody understood it. Because I would argue... It was way ahead of its time. Yes, that's a science fiction movie, but it's very, like, philosophical. Yeah. So I think people maybe saw it more as, like, an art film or, like, an They didn't know film. what to make of it. Right. They, um, they didn't... Transhumanism or fucking AI and AI, AI aliens... For superior non-biological entities doing things that, that are creating life in the universe through a technological mechanism that is so advanced it just seems like a fucking monolithic fucking square or rectangle. You know what I mean? The, the ultimate expression of technology. This is something that people in the 60s or early 70s, I guess, when that came out. Um, what was that? 73, 74? What, 2001? Yeah. 1969. 69, okay. Pretty sure it was 1969. Okay, so it was already seven years old when Star Wars came out. 2001 is actually a better science fiction movie than, than, than Star Wars. But Star Wars is fucking super accessible, all right? And it made a shit ton of money. And anybody could understand Star Wars. Well, I would argue that yeah. Star Wars is more an adventure film yeah. set in a science fiction yeah. framework. Yeah. Whereas 2001 A Space Odyssey is more like a pure science fiction, science fiction film. Yeah. Like now, from a philosophical standpoint. Now, I, I had been... My uh, my babysitter, Kimmy, had been taking me to, to see the matinees a lot in this period. And I had been seeing those British Sinbad flicks. All right. Like Sinbad in the Eye of the Tiger, all right? And Star Wars felt a lot like that. And also I saw, what is it, Voyage to the fucking center of the, at Earth's core. That was another one I saw. Is that the one with Doug McClure? Yeah, at Earth's core. I saw it with the fucking melted face samurai. I'd just seen that. 
And so when Star Wars came out, me at seven or eight, I was eight when it came out, it was already familiar territory. It seemed like real familiar, but I didn't put two and two together that it was the same guys working on it. But you look at it now and you can see, you go back and watch that Earth's Core and watch uh, the, 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 the Sinbad flicks. There's a lot of Star Wars in that. There's a lot of Star Wars in that. Just the quality of the sets and the kind of actors that are in it and the edits and, well, not really so much the edits, but just the tone of the movie. It was proto Prototype Star Wars stuff. Adventure movies is what they were. Yeah. Adventure. Which I would call Star Wars probably like more an adventure yeah. movie. Yeah. Just happens to be in space. In space, yeah. Yeah. A long time ago, in another spa- in another galaxy, far, far away. But it's, right. But it's like Sinbad, very much like a Sinbad flick, very much like at Earth's core. Although at Earth's core, it was kind of like something out of Heavy Metal magazine, kind of. Well, it's kind of just more like a fantasy. Fantasy. You know what I mean? Right. But like I said, Star Wars is kind of like that too. Mm-hmm. It's just like you said, happened to be set in space instead of right. A, you know, a long time ago, like in some fantasy thing with dragons and shit. <clears throat> I mean, everybody's talking about Hollywood. Hollywood wasn't shit in the 70s, really. Mostly cop flicks. Before that, it was a lot of westerns. Uh, There wasn't a lot of uh, innovation in uh, Hollywood movies. I mean, every now and then there'd be a good one like Bullet, you know. But most of it was kind of stale. It was the British that fucking kind of had the colorful stuff of the 70s with the movies, those adventure movies. If you were a kid, at least, you know, I mean, hell yeah, or a teenager, early 20s, you'd want to see those British flicks. And then with Star Wars, the shit went mainstream, and it was never the same after that. Star Wars brought all that shit into the mainstream. And then for years, it was nothing but Star uh, Star Wars ripoffs, like Star Crash, and uh, Italian Star Wars ripoffs. Battle Beyond the Stars, that's another one, Star Wars ripoff. Um, Mad Max ripoffs. There was just all kinds of shit. There was a lot of ripping off. In the well, like I said, if the, if your whole thing is to like make money, then it's like, yeah. oh, well, this made all the money, so yeah. let's make something kind of like that. I mean, it seems like a pretty obvious thing to do. I mean, it doesn't yeah. usually work, but no, usually none of, none of the Star Wars ripoffs were any good. I didn't. I hate. No, although I'm sure that a lot of them made money though, yeah. because they probably didn't cost all that much to make. <laughs> You know, Roger Corman, his famously his movies, most of which are not great, but because he spent so little on them, like all of them made a profit. So yeah. even if they were kind of shitty. When the Star Wars ripoffs came out came out, um we would see them on cable and we'd watch them, but we would also goof on them. And they were obvious Star Wars ripoffs. They're just, you know. The only thing that was close to a Star Wars ripoff that was any good back in those days was actually not a ripoff. Star Wars was a ripoff of it, and that was the Flash Gordon movie. The Flash Gordon movie in the theater was fucking great. Saw it, saw it when it came out. I watched it probably about three or four times. The local matinee, and I fucking loved it. And I, man, I was so pissed when they didn't make any more. And it was a Dino De Laurentiis flick. And then it started. And then it would come out on cable, and it just didn't look as good, you know, because old CRT televisions, the the costumes looked like shit. It just looked real cheap. 
but on the big screen. If you have it in Blu-ray, it looks real good. Real good. Just a fun movie. Like Star Wars, but it had sex and drugs in it. Yeah. Sebastian Moran said, I thought that Psycho was a slasher. I do think that it usually gets pointed out as like a proto-slasher, maybe. I don't know if I would call it a slasher in the sense that, or at least in the way that people understand the term post-1978, like after Halloween came out. I kind of feel like when you say slasher, most people understand that to be something akin to like Halloween or Friday the 13th, where you have like a masked killer or something like that, like going after a bunch of young adults and like picking them off one by one. So in that sense, I don't think that Psycho or Peeping Tom, which came out the same year, which was kind of similar, they were both about serial killers, which was kind of a new topic to be exploring. I mean, they had done it in the 30s and stuff like that, like, uh, from time to time. But I kind of feel like those were the big ones that had the biggest cultural impact. So I would say, I would call them proto-slashers, but I don't think I would call them slashers in the sense that, like I said, I, if you were going to ask me, and I'm not going to, or like, if other people want to say Black Christmas, that's fine, because that's very obviously a slasher. But I'm going to say, for my money, Mario Bava's Bay of Blood was the first slasher. It's, if you showed that to somebody that was very familiar with 80s slashers and showed it to them, they'd be like, oh, that's obviously a slasher. And that's from, you know, several years before Black Christmas. I'm just saying. You know what I mean? But I don't think I'd call Psycho a slasher. Psycho is about... I think that's more psychological horror, I guess. Right? With, yeah. like, noir elements. Yes, it's about a serial killer, but I don't know if I'd necessarily call it a slasher. Zach says, I'd love to write a slasher movie, but do something more deep and artsy and emotional with it. Yeah, I mean, go for it. I'm not, like, I like slashers, but it's not my favorite genre. I think my favorite horror subgenre is probably... I just, I really like psychological horror, and I really like surrealist horror, and I really like haunted house movies. You know what I mean? that kind of stuff. I'll watch pretty much any kind of horror. I don't care. Like, I like all of it, but there's some that I like more than others. But some slashers are fun. It's just a lot of the ones from the 80s are a lot of fun, but they were all very, like, a lot of them were really, like, formulaic. You know. Oracle says, uh, I agree with Jenny. It's more psychological horror or suspense. Yeah. I mean, I would call it a horror movie for sure, but I don't know if I'd call it a slasher. But I'm not gonna, like, be mad if other people want to. And it does have like a detective, like a like a noirish kind of detective aspect to it too, which uh, Peeping Tom does also. Which, if you haven't seen that, that came out the same year as Psycho. It was a British film. I think we did a review of that, didn't we? That guy that had the um, the photographer that had the thing with the spike, where oh, you kill, yeah, where yeah, he yeah. killed people and like took pictures of them, yeah. and, like like they could see the mirror on their face, yeah. so they could see themselves as they died and shit like yeah. that. They ruined that dude's career. <laughs> that movie did. <laughs> Poor guy, Michael Powell, I think his name was. <laughs> right, they're talking about how um, Star Wars was a Western movie, and then somebody else chimes in saying it was also like a Kurosawa flick. Yeah, that's the thing that when you're when you're when you were back in '77 watching that as a kid, and I had been watching um, uh, UHF uh, 22, which is the Jap local Japanese channel out in California. You saw a lot of Japanese themes in Star Wars back then. It was an East it was an East meets West movie. It was a Western movie and a samurai movie. And if you see a samurai flick, like something like Zatuichi or something, it's a Western. 
<laughs> it's yeah. a Japanese western. Okay. So um, it's kind of like a western, a samurai movie, with a war movie template over it. Kind of like a British World War Two movie. You know, in some ways, if you look at it, you know the the Imperial fleet. It's kind of like the the British Navy in a certain way. You know, some people say, well, they're like the Nazis. Yeah, kind of, but it's also a fleet. You know, the Germans didn't have a fleet. The British had a fleet. And they're real heavy British accents and stuff. And there a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff that's, that they're doing in that fleet is very British. You know, if you knew, if you knew how the British Royal Navy was in the 1700s, they'd do that kind of shit. Kill somebody for failure, <laughs> keel hauling people and whipping them and punishing people for failure and shit. It's just very British, some of the shit that they did. And Vader fucking choking a dude for failure. British Navy did that kind of stuff. You know, not that hard, probably, but they executed people for... I didn't, I didn't know that the British Navy could force choke people. That's amazing. No, they, well, you know. <laughs> they had magic fucking powers, man. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> what, you getting all upset about it? No. I was... I. Uh, did you want to say something about uh, the underwear? Oh. I thought you said you wanted to say something yeah. about that. <laughs> oh, before we do that, um, I wanted to thank our patron, Elliot, for doubling his patron patronage. I got the message earlier today that he's doubled his patron patronage. So thank you thank very, you very much, much, Elliot. So you're going to talk about the underwear? No, no, nah, I'm not going to talk about it. Oh, I thought you said you wanted to. Okay. I'll talk about it later when I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I, I can't be prodded into humor, I guess. No, I just thought about it. I just thought it, it yeah. occurred to me because you said something about it earlier. I said I'll, I'll talk about that shit on the show. Yeah, and I was like, so I didn't know if he needed to be reminded or something. Yeah. I don't know. Nah, nah. <laughs> yeah, right, you seem like you're in kind of a bad mood. <laughs> no, I'm all right. I'm all right. <laughs> kind of. Mm. Might have to fucking refill this trick. Uh, Sebastian Moran said the Magnificent Seven is based on the Seven Samurai, yeah. And uh, yeah. also said the Germans did indeed have a surface fleet. Yeah, but it was kind of small. They had the Bismarck. I don't know what it was called, the Bismarck? No, well, yeah. I don't know. All I know is yeah, the movie that was called sank it with a damn, Sank it with a damn biplane. With a fucking lucky hit from a torpedo. <clears throat> there, but they, they were not a maritime power. No, they did have a real good fucking uh, submarine fleet. It sent a lot of fucking U.S. supplies to the bottom. They also had some surface raiders that were pretty good, which was a, looked like a, it was a cargo boat with fake cargo containers on the top that would open up and there'd be there guns in there, and they would steal cargo, and then sink the ship. <clears throat> they were called surface raiders. They did that. They're basically like a fucking German pirate. But you know they were you're never talking. You're not talking about a kind of a naval power, say like, you know, the British Imperial Fleet. You know, especially in a, in its fucking heyday. You know, the 1700s. Oh no, hell no. Those guys had a fucking fantastic fleet. But you could say so the Spanish. But I think it was mostly 1500s, 1600s. Ben says Darth Vader's armor is a direct copy of samurai armor. Yeah, that's true. And Oracle said lightsabers are so obviously a sci-fi version of Japanese swords. Yeah. 
Well, and we've talked about this before, but even kind of uh, more current Star Wars media, like The Mandalorian, is based on Lone Wolf and Cub. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's a good movie. I got them all. Jenny gave them all to me. It came in a damn Criterion collection, which Mandalorian's kind of a... I wouldn't say it's a ripoff of that, but it... It's the same idea, same idea. though. I mean, that's where they... Well, and they, they didn't make a secret about that either. They right. basically said that's where they got the idea from. Like, where you had that kind of this badass... Dude, like with a little, uh, little baby, <laughs> like in a little cart. I hadn't seen it. Didn't they have like another season that we hadn't seen, or no? Uh, I think a new one's coming. Oh, I've kind of okay. given up on anything good coming out of them. Well, that's the spirit. Yeah, and most of their shit sucks. <laughs> that, um, oh, what do you call it? Boba Fett sucked. Um, the Obi Wan thing evidently sucked. Well, I haven't seen it, so how would I know? That might just be people crying about but if for some reason, like, people cry about things. Well, the same, I, might have, I might have liked it. Well, the same ones that... <clears throat> there are certain people that I trust about that, and um, they'll point out the good shit. And when I'll see the good shit, and I go, yeah, that's really good. But then, like, they'll point out bad stuff, too, and I'm not going to pay to see the bad stuff. You know? Well, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily pay, but, I mean, to be honest, I don't usually trust anybody else's opinion on seeing something except me, because yeah. I'm my own idiosyncratic person, and it's yeah. like, just because somebody else that I usually trust their opinion on movies, just because they liked something or didn't like it, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm gonna like it or dislike it, you know what I mean? Because I got my own if, weird shit going on. Yeah, well, you, like, you liked uh, Last Jedi, didn't you? You liked that one. It was all right. Yeah, I hated that I mean, one. I didn't love it. I, I didn't hate it. One. I was just kind of so, like, ah, that was okay. Yeah, anybody who would even just say that was okay is like, uh, I don't trust your uh, your opinion of Star Wars, at least. That shit fucking sucked. It was terrible. And I, But the thing is, it's like, remember how Rogue One? I liked Rogue What's called? What was called Rogue What was that one called? Yeah. Rogue One, yeah. Rogue One I thought was great. Yeah, I liked that um, a lot. I actually liked... Um, the very first of the reboot, what was it called? Force Awakens. I yeah. liked it. I thought that there was that. I thought that they could do something with that. But then the second one came out. I was like, oh no, they're making this up. And then the third one, we saw the third one, and I, I saw what they did. They tried to save it, uh, but it it had been it got so convoluted. It's it's I was like it's obvious they're making this shit up as they're going along and they they're they're trying to save the story so it just doesn't it it's it was just bad fan fiction really uh, the second the third movie and yeah was, but it, like I said I didn't get all that bothered about it because I was like uh, yeah there was like some dumb shit in there but it's just like there was some good shit in there too and I was just kind of like I'm a writer so I can be like yeah I can see where you try to do this and not the other thing yeah. and maybe sometimes it kind of worked and sometimes it didn't and I was like well you know it was a good effort all around it's like you know I, I was entertained so I it wasn't made those about prequels it. look like masterpieces I wasn't right. worried about it the, the prequels I thought the prequels were okay when they came out. Now, see, I didn't like the prequels. I thought they were okay. Except for the third one. The third the one was the first The first two I didn't like. The first two I didn't like, just not because they were stupid. I just thought they were, like, really boring and tonally, like, very... They're, they could have been better um, yeah. integrated. Like, the theme, they could have really taken out all the kind of, like, political yeah. shit and, like, all that kind of stuff. Because it's like, that's not really all that interesting. Yeah. And like I said, I really didn't like the whole thing with Darth Vader being a little kid, and it's like they could have just yeah, bad idea. They, that was a dumb idea. Like they could yeah. have just got rid of. Like I said, never. 
This is, I know this is going to sound off the wall, but this is kind of the same kind of shit that Rob Zombie did when he did a remake of Halloween. It's like, oh, look at Michael Myers, and he's just like this poor abused kid. It's like, don't fucking do that, man. It's like yeah. the villain is a lot scarier and a lot more compelling Like when you don't have like a sob story about like when they were a cute little kid and shit like that. I don't like that. Don't do that kind of shit. Yeah, Lucas has problems with Star Wars. He invented that shit. But he can't handle it. A lot of the best things about the three classic movies, that wasn't really Lucas. Evidently, a lot of people saved his ass when it came to editing and people telling him no. Like, no, don't do that. Uh, so you, he was a good idea, man, but you can't give him total control over things. As he got more and more control over things, especially in like uh, uh, Ret Return of the Jedi, he added a lot of dumb shit in there. They they subsequently kind of edited it out clandestinely. Like they changed, they changed some of the music to the Ewok fights. I don't think there really should have been Ewoks in that. There was some shit. I didn't mind the Ewoks, but I kind of see where yeah, it was starting to go like a little bit too cutesy yeah. and too kid oriented. It should which have been Wookiees, not Ewoks. Right. That would have made it a lot better. Uh, the yeah, because the Wookiees are badass. Yeah. I mean, I didn't mind the Ewoks, but yeah, it was just going in that direction where yeah. it's like, oh, we're going to appeal to like, making them kids' movies. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with kids' movies. I like some kids' movies, but... The very first Star Wars was not really a kids' movie. It was just a general a audience general movie. movie. You could take kids yeah. to see it, but adults could enjoy it I as well. I was like eight, and I loved it because it was a movie that appealed to me, but it wasn't talking down to me. Right, it so wasn't I, like a yeah. kid right. movie. Right, so I felt like I was watching an adult movie. That I could understand. Right. And I was being mystified. And, that, and see, he did, as an adult, Lucas didn't really understand that. You don't want to talk down to the kids. In the fucking third one, C-3PO and R2-D2 fall out of the damn fucking sand hover. And they fall and they sink into the ground head first. And they're picked up by magnetic fucking... That's just... That was dumb. That's not... You, you don't fall into the sand and sink six, you know, four feet in head first. It, it doesn't happen. You know? And it just, it just looked really hokey. Some of the stuff that, you know, was just obviously talking down to the audience, you know. Um, and he was seemed to be afraid to make things scary, which is, uh, that's pussing out. Kids like shit. Which is scary. dumb, because kids love scary kids shit. Kids love scary shit. Especially if it involves characters that they that they like. You know, they just love Man, it. Man, I loved scary shit yeah. when I was a kid. Most yeah. kids I knew, like, loved scary shit. Yeah. Yeah. They can handle it. It's yeah. fine. You know, I'm not saying you got to show them like fucking a Serbian film, You're but right it's it. like, you know, I, my favorite things when I was little were things that were sort of kid oriented kind of, but were like super scary, you yeah. know, kids are really into that kind of shit. It's all right. It's like, you know, they can yeah. handle a lot more than like you think they can. And I would argue that it's better to show them kind of scary shit, like in a movie form where it's like quote unquote safe because it helps them like process their emotions about that kind of stuff about like when when real bad shit happens to them like later on in life you know now what I there's mean? supposed to be a fan edit of the three prequels the three star wars prequels they took those three movies and re-edited it into two movies and it's supposed to be badass i've never seen it but it's gotten good reviews it was getting really good reviews on some of the star wars like um based fucking like in, in the Star Wars fucking community, you know, like in the comment sections, so they'll mention that edit every now and then. I think it was Star Wars 
or Star Wars 2.4 or some shit like that. The guy had been working on it. He was a a dude from who had worked in Hollywood. He took all the stuff from the movies and then all of the deleted scenes that were included on the DVDs or the Blu-rays in those movies and put that in, and, and turned it into two pretty long movies. Doing the Lord's work there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And changed some stuff up. And evidently it's really good. I'm telling you, man, uh, you know, shout out to like the those underappreciated yeah. heroes of Hollywood, the editors. Yeah. Because I kind of feel like... Well, you know, I kind of feel like writers are kind of underappreciated, too, because they're the ones that come up with the fucking ideas in the first place. Yeah. But, and I feel like directors kind of get all the credit, yeah. um, even though it's not necessarily their idea, uh, unless they're a writer-director, obviously. But I'm going to say, too, that I, I think editors are even less appreciated. Yeah. And they make a huge, huge difference between, like, a great movie and a not-so-great one. Yeah. Evidently, it's a lot slicker. It's, um... It doesn't have very much Jar Jar Binks in it, evidently. I don't think there's hardly any of him in it. Yeah, Ben said uh, there was a fan edit where they removed Jar yeah. Jar Binks from every scene. I Apparently think, it's much better. <laughs> yeah, I think he's not really in it. There's um, uh, A lot of the kid shit has been taken out, and things were told in slightly different orders, I think. And um, But they just say it's a lot better. It's a lot better seeing those the fan edit where they turned it into two movies. I haven't seen it. I need to get my hands on it. It's not on YouTube. No. They they had to. You had to download it. I think the last oh, I heard. So I was gonna say you could probably put it on YouTube for free as long as you didn't have like ads. It may be on like there it. now, but it wasn't on there at the time. Oracle said, "Have you seen the menu? I haven't, but it's on my list. I gotta see that next because I've." I've had several people like uh, recommend that to me. I have like a lot of. I'm just. I'm very excited that I finally got to see Skinnerink because I was like really excited that Shutter added it a couple days ago because I've been wanting to see that. I got like that was the first of my top five um, movies that I'm like horror movies that I'm looking forward to seeing this year. So I'm glad that I finally got to see that. Like the next one is Infinity Pool, that Brandon Cronenberg one, which I think. I don't know if it's playing anywhere around here, but I'm pretty sure it started, like, on the theaters, because I've seen reviews of it going up. And just from the looks on the reviewers' faces, I think it's going to be, uh... I think I'm going to like it. Because <laughs> everybody looks like they have, like, what-the-fuck expressions, and I'm like, oh, my favorite kind of movie. <laughs> the what-the-fuck-did-I-just-watch kind of movie. <laughs> so, yeah, so, I, so I'm looking forward to it. And like I said, I've liked Brandon Cronenberg's, like, other two movies. I love that weird shit, you know. Uh, Triangle of Sadness is excellent. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good stuff about that as well. So that's another one I got to watch. I really need to get back into Shudder, man. It's like, you know, I have, I pay for them like once a year. Um, so it's like $59 a year, which is a, a, an amazing deal to be honest with you. But I feel like I used to watch at least one or two movies on there a week. And it's just like, I never, we ha- we have so many other streaming services that I just never... I hardly ever check it anymore. And they add new shit, like, every week. You know what I mean? Like, new movies, old movies, they have all kind of stuff. They just added, like, a whole shit ton of, like, really weird, like, obscure Giallo movies. And it's like, shit, there's, like, a whole bunch of Giallo movies I haven't seen. And it's like, I have to go back in there and watch those. But it's like, I just never have time. It's like, shit, man, we have Amazon Prime, and we have Hulu, and we have HBO Max, and we have, like, all these other streaming services and i just never get around to it you know what i mean and sometimes i don't really feel like watching a movie sometimes i just want to watch a show 
like last night I got <laughs> I got home kind of late but then I was really tired but for some reason I couldn't fall asleep and so I started watching this fucking show on Netflix which was called um, School of Chocolate because I'm all about the I love baking shows and I love it's not really a baking show but I love those kind of like competition shows where they have to like make like crazy fancy desserts and stuff and it's like this French um, chocolatier that makes these like fucking amazing it's like look I made a like eight foot chocolate dragon that looks real and shit like that and he's like teaching all these other people like how to do and it's actually really good it's kind of like a competition but not the same as like it's a lot more low key than some of the more hypey kind of like stuff but I don't know I really got into it and I started watching that show alone too which I guess is probably on, like, season eight, but I never even saw it before then. It's kind of like Naked and Afraid, except these people actually know what they're doing and they have clothes on. So. American Military 100 said, I finally saw Hereditary was well-acted but weird. Honestly, Hereditary is um, one of my favorite horror movies of the last 20 years, easily. Yeah, wasn't he asking about that one in uh, Midsommar? I thought that was somebody else that was, was asking that about that. He never got back to us over the Midsommar, whether he liked it or not. I think that was, uh, forgot who it was. I just, I really dug it. I yeah. just really got into it. Like I said, I don't, um, I love horror movies, but it takes a lot to, um, like really, really disturb me or like really, really upset me. And I'm not like saying that to be a badass or anything. It's just, that I've seen a lot of them and I'm a writer as well. So it's just like. I, I like watching them, like, from an intellectual standpoint, because I'm like, oh, yeah, I see what you're doing there with that and this other thing. But that movie, like, was really, man, that it, that one really got me. And they don't usually, so I really, like, appreciated it for that. Like, that one fucked me up so much that it took me, like, two years before I would watch it a second time. <laughs> because I didn't want to, like, well, I didn't want to feel... I wanted to see it again, but I didn't want to feel the same way that I felt the first time that I watched it, because it made me feel like shit. <laughs> It's weird because I really didn't see much in it the first time I saw it. I think I fell asleep during the first time. The second time I saw it, I just thought it was okay. It didn't. I didn't. It didn't really. I, yeah, I liked, but I that, liked Midsummer a lot better. Well, that's the thing. Well, I loved Midsummer too. Yeah. I'm just saying that. Well, that's the thing about horror. It's just like comedy. It's like everything is like really subjective. Like shit yeah. that I find hilarious. Like other people might not find all that funny yeah. because I have like a really weird sense of humor. But same thing with horror. And it's just like Hereditary is one of those movies where you either thought it was like the most traumatizing thing you'd ever seen or you were just kind of like, I didn't get it or I didn't think it was that great. But and that's just the way like humans work. You know what I mean? Because some people, um, you know, because I'm really interested in other people's perception, like other horror fans that are like what they thought was the scariest movie. Because sometimes a lot of them will say like, oh, I thought like XYZ was like the scariest movie and I'll see it and I'm like, well, I don't really think it was that scary, but I'm not going to go shit on that person like, oh, you're a pussy or whatever. Because that's stupid. Like, like I said, horror is subjective. Things creep me out. Um, very specific things creep, creep me out that obviously would not creep other people out. And that's just, everybody has their own fears and everybody has their own thing and i don't know i was thinking about that earlier because after i watched skin and and that seemed like again this seems like a movie that's very very divisive i was like you're either going to vibe with it and just be like holy shit this reminds me exactly of like nightmares that i had when i was a kid which is what it did to me 
But, and so it'll, like, wig you out that way. It didn't, like, terrify me, but I was just, like, it was very unsettling. I found it very unsettling, and a lot of people did. But then some people watching is like, oh, my God, that was the most boring fucking shit I ever watched. And, you know, I can see that, too. But, you know, everybody is scared by different things. Yeah. So that's, that's just... That's, that's a good description. Cause I right. Th- I thought it was kind of boring. Uh, at the end, when they showed that weird fucking statue thing that they made, I thought that was pretty pretty cool but it was it was kind of boring i thought it was just i I can i see what you're talking about you got creeped out by the mood and the atmosphere of it which it it did have that it was it wasn't so much the mood and the atmosphere it was i'm not really even sure what it was it was just something about the situation something about the way the characters reacted to the situation it really and the, some of the some of the visual shit like really got to me because Zach says like what creeps you out just <laughs> asking for a friend. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of really specific things. I think this is kind of why, and this is why a lot of the shit in like Skin and Marine kind of freaked me out too because it's very that movie is kind of like very David Lynchian in a little uh, like very much like Inland Empire it reminded me of kind of Rabbits if you saw that like the David Lynch thing that was Rabbits it was like a weird sitcom except it was people with rabbit heads. Um, it kind of reminded me of that sort of vibe. That kind of shit freaks me out. Um, and there was also a lot of stuff in this movie about people going into darkened rooms and just seeing somebody like sitting there and you can only see the back of their head. Like that always like wigs me out too. I'm wigged out by like doppelganger type situations. That usually creeps me out. I'm creeped out by going in and just seeing the back of someone's head because you don't know... And then, like, they don't turn around or they're just sitting there. It's like, I don't know, that, like, freaks me out for some reason. I don't know. It's just shit like that. And sometimes it's, like, kind of hard to... It's not anything that would be really obvious. I don't like... I don't usually like horror that's, like, super overt. Like, sometimes I'll like it, but I, it doesn't scare me. I tend to like more subtle things. You know what I mean? Like, kind of more subtle. Things that are more, like, disquieting or unsettling rather than overtly like jumping out in your face. Oh my God, it's a demon. You know what I mean? Like jumping out in your face. It's like, that's not scary to me. Like that might be scary to other people and that's fine. But it's like, I don't find that particularly scary. You At know certain I mean? times in your life it is. When you're 13, 14, 15, even early 20s, seeing something, you know what I mean? Like the xenomorphs or the thing from Pumpkinhead, you know, or fucking seeing Jason come at you. Yeah, hell yeah, it'd scare you. But when you get older, it's, it takes more than that. I kind of um, feel like shit has to be more like yeah. e- like either like surreal or yeah. more like existential dread type when, of shit. When she's talking about this director, I'd recommend more Midsummer Because it's something you can... It, it's situational. You're seeing it from a very practical standpoint of what would you, what would you do if you're in this fucking colony with these this weird fucking pagan cult? And you're one of these students or something. What would you do? You know, how would you deal with this? So you can put yourself in the story. With Hereditary, I, I couldn't put myself. Couldn't even put myself in the story. There were no likable characters that I could see. Remember. To me, it's like the characters don't have to be likable. Yeah. They just have to be. I don't even care if the characters are relate or are likable, as long as they're like humans with relatable emotions. I couldn't so, really relate to their emotions because I wasn't sure if I was dealing with. 
bad acting or if or if the ulterior motives. It was hard for me to make sense out of that movie. And like like I said, it might not very little of that movie stuck with me. I, I've seen it twice, and I still can't remember everything that happened. There was just something about it um, tonally that stuck with you, or story wise, it stuck with you. Like you're a writer, so maybe it has something to do with it. Uh, to me, it was just kind of. Plan. Well, like I said, a lot of it. Well, a lot of it ha was happening not in your face. A lot of it yeah. was not spoken. A lot of it was going on like between the lines of everything. So it was kind of one of. The, I think that was another thing that got to me is like I got so immersed in it because there was so much shit that was going on that wasn't really like overtly spelled out. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of stuff going on in the background that was never like brought up. Yeah, I just I'm just telling you my point of view. From well, no, my, I know. From my point of view, it was kind of bland and and, and 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 not memorable. I can't really remember what happened. I remember they had this weird looking girl, and she was doing weird stuff, and her head got smashed off by a damn pole by 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 a by a uh, by a phone telephone pole, and then something else happened, and something else happened, and then. There was a a monster in, a, in in a room, and then they made this mannequin. That's all I remember of that movie. It, it had I, I I couldn't tell you even what that movie was about. I, well, I can. They were breeding some kind of a vessel to bring in the devil or something. Well, they weren't breeding anyone. I thought they bred that little girl to bring a fucking. Well, demon no, she in. was just born, and they and she was going to be the vessel for the demon, but then it didn't work out. So they decided to start grooming the older. Yeah, well, I thought it had something to do with her, her breeding. No, I don't think it had anything to do with that. I think that was just okay. well because that was one of the things in the movie was that um, was that Annie, who was the little girl's mom, was at odds with her grandmother, who was kind of like the matriarch of the cult so she was trying to keep the kid away from but then like the reason it's called hereditary was because the the influence of the cult even after the matriarch had died it ended up affecting all of them anyway even though they didn't want anything to do with it like they didn't have any control over their actions because the cult was just controlling them yeah. and they didn't realize it so i think that's kind of like one of the things that resonated with me about the movie was that they I think that's why there there was so much thematic resonance given to like the miniatures that she was making because she was kind of like the puppet master like making these little things but she didn't realize that her life was controlled the same way that she was controlling the miniatures by her mother who was dead because there was this whole cult and there was these whole all this stuff that was going on behind the scenes that she wasn't aware of and then like she got sucked into it like she didn't have any control over I'd have to see anything. It. I'd have to see it again. I remember that the second time I saw it I liked it better than the first time. Because, like I said, there's a lot going not, on. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those movies that... It's not really my kind of movie. Well, no, but I kind of feel like it's one of those movies that, like, The Shining, you, like, you can make, like, a two-hour documentary, like, talking about all of the shit that's going on in that movie. Because there's a lot of, like, thematic shit going on in that movie. There was Midsummer was like that, too. But, like yeah. I said, it's still Ari Aster, so it's like he's very... I liked Midsummer a lot better meticulous. I want to see that one again, actually. I own that one. He's very meticulous, yeah. and he did kind of a similar... I mean, Midsummer yeah. is a completely different movie, Yeah. but he did kind of like the, a similar kind of thing where there was a lot going on 
in the background and in people's like that wasn't um spelled out overtly like you really had to like you could tell what was going on just by like watching it but if you watch it several times with like paying attention to all the shit that's going on in the background and like all the offhand things people say and stuff like that it's a, it has a lot more um it has a lot more depth to it those than two just mo- like those two movies hereditary and midsummer they remind me of that first season of tr- of true detective but I think I'd take True Detective over uh, over Hereditary. I like that one. Remember that? They were dealing with that serial killer. What, the out. series? The series, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I Dealing with that serial detective. killer. He's like into that damn pagan magic. And you're assuming that he's full of shit. And then now, in the last few episodes, you realize, now that motherfucker opened up a damn portal. <laughs> he opened a portal to the damn universe. He, he was a sorcerer. That blew my mind. I was like, oh, shit. That dude is who he says he is. That was some weird shit, wasn't it? Yeah. He didn't really do anything with the magic that we know of. I don't remember him. Maybe he did do a few things, didn't he? I can't remember. It's been such a long time. Yeah, that was a creepy movie. And he was doing stuff kind of like stuff out of Midsummer, Killing people in weird positions with a bunch of folk horror type stuff on them, you know? crowns and shit. I mean, I do like folk horror, but I would argue that Hereditary also had folk horror elements, just not as no, I think it was, yeah. not as strongly as Midsummer did. I mean, Midsummer yeah. was very obviously a folk yeah. horror. And again, if you have Shudder, I think it's still on there. There's if you like folk horror, there is like a 3 hour and 20 minute documentary on there about folk horror and it is fantastic. Yeah. I I still keep like waiting for you know what folk horror is? To have four hours, like, free that I can watch it again because it was so good. Like, I watched it the first time. If you knew the show and you don't know what folk horror is, it's like something out of The Wicker Man. Or The Blood on Satan's Claw. Yeah. Archaic European religions. I think the technical... Kind of like Norse, kind of like witchcraft. Not necessarily, because it could be... Um, and if you watch the folk horror documentary, they actually went like real in depth into it. Technically, folk horror would be anything that was like the modern world clashing with any kind of like old beliefs. So it could be usually when we think of could folk be horror, voodoo or something yeah, like it could be voodoo or something yeah. like that because they did kind of go into that. But any cultures very old like pagan adjacent sort of beliefs. Like I said, in the West, we usually equate that with you know, European, pagan, witchcraft, that yeah. kind of stuff. But like I said, white people fucking with shit they should Right, but like I said, you... Doing, doing human sacrifices and stuff. Like, like voodoo, you, you could ago. do that as well. Yeah. And like, and I think the, yeah. the documentary um, that they did, I think it's called, um, what is it called? Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched? Or the, it might be Days Bewitched and Woodlands... I think it's Woodlands Dark and Days Bewitched. Yeah, it's like, th- I think it's three hours and 20 minutes long. And they go into a lot of, you know, they talk about the Wicker Man. They talk about, you know, the British folk horror, obviously, because there was kind of like a mini boom of that. But they also go into other cultures' folk horror. Like, they do Asian folk horror. They do, like, voodoo, like, Caribbean-style, like, folk I like horror. I see some Mexican folk horror. Yeah, I think they go into a little kinda bit like, of that, too. Yeah, kind of like, you know, shit, man. The cartels do that kind of shit. But you could bring back Aztec human sacrifice, cutting people's hearts out. Uh, we we put it that way. If you're gonna if you're gonna say that folk horror can be in any culture, then you can say that fucking Temple of Doom was folk horror because you had the Thugi cult in there. 
I mean, that you could make an argument for that. I mean, it's not exact, but like I said, folk horror, like just in its broadest definition, is usually modern sensibilities clashing with ancient superstitions or ancient beliefs. Yeah. You know what I mean? So something like, like in book form, it would be like Thomas Tryon's Harvest Home. And the beliefs may not be wrong. Because well, that's, just, well, I kind of feel like that's... just be certain point of view. You know? Well, uh, that's kind yeah. of where the horror usually stems from. It's yeah. usually like modern people coming into a situation where it's like, oh, here are these, these primitive, like, ancient peoples and their silly beliefs, and then it turns out, oh, those beliefs, there's more, more to, to them think. than you think there. I mean, I kind of feel like that's what happens in 99% in of folk horror movies. The Lord that ran the damn island with the pagans Lord on Lord Summerisle. Yeah. Played by the, oh, Christopher Lee. Yeah. His favorite he, role, matter he, of fact. He justified it basically by saying, this is how we keep order on the island, like it always was. We don't have problems here. And crime and, you know, we don't have to worry about all this fucking weird political shit. That you, we have this, and this is what keeps the order. And it was working for him, you know. But you, well, the you, sacrifice you is what... You might end up in a fucking wicker man, though. Well, that's what caused <laughs> their um, their crops to grow. Yeah. They, they believed, believed it. They believed it. And to be honest, the movie doesn't really... It leaves it kind of ambiguous as to whether it worked or not. Well, it would be ambiguous. Yeah. It would be ambiguous to the people who are doing it. That's, that's why they did what, it. That's what was so awesome about yeah. it. And I liked that, that that movie was awesome because it's like you kind of like sympathize more with the pagans because... Howie, the guy that came there, was like so unsympathetic. You know what I mean? He was just like such Tell a fucking. What to do. Yeah, he just like comes to this island. It's like, well, you guys shouldn't do that. I'm like, fuck yeah. off. You don't live here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ben said they needed to sacrifice a virgin fool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they suckered him there to do it. And like I said, I hate to say, but it's like, I didn't. Did they sacrifice the other girls, though? Which the one? ones in the pictures. Um, wait, did they? I didn't, I didn't think they did because, well, I thought that they hadn't sacrificed anybody for a long time and then, um, their harvest had started to go down. So they're like, okay. oh, well, shit, we need somebody, All right. but we need like an outsider. Right. Maybe. I mean, I'm sure they had done it in the past. You know Because remember I mean? they had in, in, in the pub, I think it was in the pub, they had pictures of the harvest. There was a little girl, there was a girl next to each yeah. one of the harvest. And I remember the, the investigator was asking what happened to those girls. I don't think they ever did say what happened to the girls. I was just assuming, I don't know, like I haven't seen it in a while, but I was just assuming, well, because. I haven't seen the movie in a long time. Well, they didn't sacrifice I Rowan. Cage, I want to see the Nicolas Cage version, man. It's terrible, but I, it's hilarious. I want to see it. I've seen it once and I, I, I want to see that one again. They made some really, <laughs> um, let's call them interesting stylistic decisions and <laughs> no, storytelling decisions i'm not really entirely sure like why they decided to change it to a matriarchal cult um which i don't know it just seemed like it didn't i don't know it's funny but we just wanted to make it witches i guess yeah. but I, I don't know i, I don't really more, know. more gaia earth-based type they it just seemed very silly. John Smith said a great movie no one talks about, Dogtooth. That's one I've been wanting to um, review that one actually yeah. for a while. But yeah, that's like a that's a fucking weird ass movie. Ben says the Lodge is excellent. I liked it, but I didn't love it. We saw it in the theater. I was expecting to like it more than I did. I did like it, but I thought I was gonna like love it, and I didn't. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, May Queen. Yeah, I've wa they're asking me if I watched The Legend of Boggy Creek. Yeah, I've seen them both. 
there were two of them, weren't there? Yeah. Well, What's actually, that? there might have been three of them, three but of I think there was. Yeah, I saw. There was two that were called two. Yeah. I actually saw. It's the, a man's kind of woman. Well, the first Boggy Creek is oh, actually. The first Boggy Creek is actually a pretty okay movie. Like, it's not great, but it's decent. The second one, Boggy Creek 2 and The Legend Continues, is terrible, but also... Which is the one that has the two girls. Hilarious, the second one. The second one, yeah. The one that was on Mystery Science Theater. Yeah. And I would actually recommend... Wasn't his name Big Clam? Um, Big Clam. Well, no, the actor's name was Jimmy Clam. Jimmy Clam, yeah. The character's name. What the fuck was the character's name? I thought it was Clam. No. No. Um, they say that that's how Crenshaw. It Crenshaw. They Crenshaw. say he was like that. Evidently, that he was. Playing yeah, himself. he clearly looked like he was playing himself. Was I mean, you himself. could you could tell it was cinema verity. That's a man's kind of woman. Yeah, that's a man's kind. That's a man's kind of woman. Yeah. With his little, he's like no shirt, and he had yeah. like the overalls with one strap. Put some grease on his head. With his big moobs. Yeah. Oh my god, so, so funny. Good. And they and were like two and, slutty chicks. That was what, early 80s slutty chicks with the feathered hair. Yeah. I'm going to call them slutty chicks just because that's what they called them back then. Charles B. Pierce, yeah. uh, who, you know, he also Trying made... Trying to hook up him and his son. He also made The Town That Dreaded Sundown, so it's like, which is a great <laughs> that's movie. Actually a good it, movie. It's based on The Phantom Killer. That's um, a funny movie. The, yeah. You know, there's some in, misinformation in there. Uh, you know, don't watch it thinking it's like a documentary about the Phantom Killer case, which is a real serial killer. But it's still a good movie, though. First Boggy Creek... Decent. Not great. Decent. Second one, watch it on Mystery Science Theater. It's much funnier. Yeah, why well, they're goofing on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's much funnier. I like it. Um, I do too, but like the it. thing about it is that Charles B. Pierce, um, you could tell that he, um, how, how should I put this, thought a great deal of himself. Yeah. Let, let's put it that way. Well, he's like that other dude who's fucking putting himself as the savior of mankind all the He's time. not quite that is bad. That, what was that guy's name again? Fuck Neil Breen. Neil Breen. He's not quite that bad. I yeah. mean, Neil Breen is in a... He's on his own fucking planet. He always... I, Neil I don't Breen. know what that... I don't know what's going on in that dude's head. Neil Breen makes Seriously. movies so he can cast himself as the savior of mankind, an alien or some kind of super being, and have some underpaid, good-looking actress fawn over him. The whole movie is him impressing her. That's a fucking wild. That is sugar. like so funny to me, and it's like sugar. honestly, movies like that yeah. are are just so <laughs> ripe for ridicule because it's like it's so clearly yeah. this dude has issues, yeah, and um, apparently is doesn't have enough insight into his own <laughs> mind or his own behavior <laughs> to realize how clearly he's projecting Trans- those issues yeah. onto everyone at large. So everyone's just like, oh well, obviously. Yeah. This dude um, living his fantasies out in his own movies, and it's like, and it's just hysterical to watch. <laughs> if you've never seen a Neil Breen movie, like uh, get on that shit. It's like really funny. And I think he but, sells them directly, right? You got to buy them from. Him, I, I think. yeah, I I don't know. Like if you yeah. go to um, because I really like Shitcase Cinema. Yeah. I think he just posted a new one the other day, which okay. he hasn't been on there for like a year or two. Which I don't know what he's been up to. Working. Yeah. Well, he's a writer too, so yeah. you know what I mean. I still keep that meaning to like. Fucking hilarious. Oh my he's god, a he's a British so funny. dude who's bald like me, and he fucking drinks and wears glasses and and rips the shit out of movies. It's on YouTube called Shitcase Sh- Cinema, not Showcase. Shitcase. He doesn't post that often anymore. Yeah, not anymore. But he's but got a big catalog back there, man. He's, he's done a bunch hilarious. of Steven Seagal movies. Yeah, yeah. 
He's just like a funny, yeah, funny British dude. He's just like a working class British dude, and he's yeah. always like got a big thing of beer. And he's I made just him like, an honorary American, an honorary Mississippi. He's funny as shit. Yeah, I like yeah, him honorary Mississippi. But he's done a lot of Neil Breen movies yeah. too. <laughs> but yeah, I think I saw because I I was on YouTube earlier, like posting something on there, and I think I saw that he had posted a new one, and I was like, holy shit! Like he's because he has he doesn't post it for like yeah. at least a year, I think. But the thing about it is that. Yeah, so Charles B. Pierce, who made the Boggy Creek movies. Um, the problem I have, and I think the same thing happened in uh, Town That Dreaded Sundown. Charles B. Pierce starred in that one, too. And he, you know, this is a movie about a serial killer. And this is based on a real serial killer that, like, killed actual teenagers. Like, shot them in their cars. You know what I mean? It was like a lover's lane type thing. If you don't know, it was in the 1940s. And... He, for some reason, chose to make himself like a like a bumbling cop type character. So he's a, so there's like a lot of really goofy like comic relief in it, which I kind of wish that wasn't in there because I think the movie would have been a lot better if that was not in there. Now you could get away with that more in the Boggy Creek movies because it's about like fucking Bigfoot, okay? Pretty much. So it's a, you know it's not about a real serial killer, so you can get away with being a lot sillier. But the thing about Charles B. Pierce, especially in the second Boggy Creek movie, his son is in it too, like his real life son. Um, but he's playing, he's not playing his son in the movie though. I think he's playing like a student of his, and they're going out into the woods to like investigate the Boggy Creek creature, which, like I said, is kind of like Bigfoot. And Charles B. Pierce has cast himself as their professor, who just like knows everything. So he comes across as this insufferable, douchey, mansplaining, well, actually, motherfucker. Yeah. And it's like, it's so fucking funny. I mean, it's annoying, but it's like super funny. Too. Now, the Boggy Creek Monster, this isn't mentioned in the movies, but the Boggy Creek Monster, according to locals, was, was Bigfoot, but it was made up to scare away black people. That's like, according to people who lived... Yeah, because it's area. like Arkansas, right? It's Arkansas. It's like the Arkansas version, right? And uh, who was it that we that we saw? Was that Dan Bell? I think Dan Bell. I Dan was just going to say the investigation. Yeah, he did like a little mini documentary he, he about goes, the boggy creature in Arkansas. He goes down in Arkansas. And he's asking around. He goes, "What was the boggy creek monster anyway?" And he goes, "Oh yeah." And the old people, like, it was something they made up to scare away black people. I was like, what? Yeah, like, what I just said yeah. that straight up. Yeah, they're like, what? Go, yeah, there was there was a black neighborhood over this and there over in this area a while, and uh, just to keep them away, we tell them a monster about a monster, just keep them away. Very, that's, that's very Scooby Doo of them. That's what the, that's what the Boggy Creek monster was. They just like made up like a fucking Bigfoot creature because I'm like, that's nice. Yes, yeah, so that was probably like, but the thing is, is that I don't that wasn't within the living memory of anybody i think they were doing that they, they made up the broggy creek monster i think in the 50s or when the 50s or early 60s yeah i can't I even remember when like when that was so the people that made it up are long dead it's just that the the, the legend stayed though that uh, a bigfoot the legend type, continues yeah that there was a bigfoot type monster in that area but that's not what it was that's like the florida skunk ape yeah <clears throat> there is no fucking skunk ape okay I would love there to be a Bigfoot type creature. <laughs> Out of all the paranormal shit, Bigfoots, Big Feet, if that's what you want to call them, <laughs> <laughs> UFOs, poltergeists. I would say the least likely would be a poltergeist, but I saw one of those. 
me and my uncle, my aunt, and it, Jenny's seen certain effects of it. Our friends. It's RSPK, though. So this was early on when that shit was going on. Me and Red, we were at, in Mammoth Mountain. Red's like, well, shit, this is real. This actually happens. He goes, what else is real? And he goes, are UFOs real? Is Bigfoot real? And I was just thinking, I was like, yeah. Those things are more likely. Yeah, of all the paranormal stuff, I kind of feel like, because it's a spectrum of, you know, how believable the shit is. I would put... um, Poltergeist at the bottom. I'd put Poltergeist at the bottom. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, now, like, Bigfoot, because to me, that just seems like that would just be, like, an unidentified animal. Yeah, cryptozoology and shit. Like, I don't think that's, I don't think it's super likely, but I think it's, like, way more likely than, like, some other crazy shit that people talk about. There's problems with Bigfoot, though. Well, sure, there's problems all the time. big problems with Bigfoot. It's like Loch Ness Monster. There's going to be an ecological footprint. Okay, There has to be enough food. There has to be a breeding population. So if there's one Bigfoot, there's got to be 30 or 40 of them. And some people say, like, well, wait a minute. There are panthers or mountain lions in the south. You don't see them very often. They're here, though. Yeah, they are. But when you're talking about a primate, they tend not to hide. They're not very elusive. It would be big. It would only be a matter of time before somebody hit one with a car. Even though you could counter that by saying mountain lions aren't hit by cars. Well, I don't know. So, but yeah, but I've actually seen. I've actually seen in the wild, yeah. like a bobcat, well, yeah. several times. I've seen a Florida oh, panther. Yeah, seen, yeah. So you do see him. We saw an otter. I mean, it doesn't otter. happen that often, but I have seen that. And I'm right. just like one person, so I have seen them. Here's the problem with the skunk cake. There'd have to be a breeding population, and I don't think the breeding population could hide. The whole place is interlaced with roads. It'd be crossing roads. There's a lot of garbage cans. It'd be like any other animal. They'd start migrating towards town. They'd go for those garbage cans. Well, yeah, just so like bears do. Bears. Because we see bears, see bears all the fucking time. through people's garbage all the time. And in the wild, something like a big primate would be equivalent to a bear, not so much a cat. A cat is, a stealth, is, a, is an ambush predator. It, it hides in stealth. And jumps out and grabs stuff. Primates don't do that. They don't hide. They just walk around. They forage and looking for shit. If there were... There's not going to be any kind of big feet in the South. The American South. They're not going to be in the middle of Midwest. Out in the Great Plains. No way. You might have something like that in Redwood Forest. But I think those rangers would see it. There'd, you'd find something. If something like that exists, most likely be up in Canada. That's yeah, cool. I kind of feel like Washington State or somewhere where there's yeah. still like a lot of yeah, places where people wilderness where people haven't been to for a really long time. Because I feel like even man has never set foot. I mean, even in the South, like yeah, we have the yeah. Everglades, yeah. which is you know acres and acres and acres and miles of like fucking wilderness and swamp. But I just kind of feel like even then, like there's a road going through it. Yeah, Canada. On the other hand, is fucking huge, all right, and it's mostly empty. It has a small population. Most of it's over near Michigan. Uh, most of its population, and it has big, huge forests. The only problem with that is that it's cold. I'm not sure a primate could survive that kind of cold. Not any primate we would know. And you would think. Stuff like that it might be seen by fucking satellites. 
I mean, you got spy satellites that can pick up thermal images, signatures. Maybe they don't look, but I imagine you could go, you could, you wouldn't have to go down there on foot. You could just take a satellite at night and look for thermal images up in unpopulated areas. You're going to find a bunch of moose, caribou, deer. If you find a Bigfoot, man, I'll give you a medal. I kind of feel like you'd think somebody would have found one by now. It would be, uh, yeah, I think you'd found it by now. Well, then, in, in the defense of the Bigfoot, <laughs> it was until regular, uh, uh, until relatively recently, like 1900, I think, 19-something, maybe late 1800s, uh, like the 1890s. But I, the gorilla was considered to be a legend. Uh, white people didn't believe in gorillas until, I think, around early, very early 1900s. Which is so funny, like, thinking about that. But yeah, white yeah. people didn't believe in gorillas. Yeah, they didn't. Now, there were rumors black people in Africa told white people about these gorillas that it's like a, a wild man all fur, huge and they weren't believed they were like, nah that's black people making up shit hell no, they had fucking gorillas and they're like, wait, that up yeah, they, saw, they had gorillas they're all over the place yeah, they had gorillas and then they had to bring them they to the zoo I up. think that was either late, late 1890s, I think or early 1900s when that happened. That's why King Kong, that movie, that's why that movie looks the way it looks with the, uh, with the tribesmen on the, uh, on the island and everything. White people of that era didn't know much about the outside world, man. Some Africa and, or an island somewhere off the coast of Africa, that'd be like going to the fucking moon. Do you know, yeah. like, this is crazy. Gorilla? Uh, a gorilla? Wow. Because some of you big? guys might be, like, younger, like, way younger than yeah. I am. But I remember, even in my lifetime in the 1970s and probably into the 1980s, they were still referring to Africa as the Dark Continent. Yeah, I think even discovered. I think even like Bush Gardens and shit like that, yeah. like the theme park that's in yeah. Tampa. I think they were even calling it that. Well, still. it was kind of a, for, for the from the white perspective, it was a frontier, mysterious frontier. Even though like millions of people are like, bitch, we live here, we got cities yeah. and everything. Well. <laughs> The British and the French were there, and they had a bunch of trading companies happening. And the British trading companies of the 1800s, early 1900s, they had insurance on all those guys and everything. And the uh, it was supposedly like fucking impossible to insure dudes that would go to Africa. Their life expectancy was six months, a white man in Africa. That's how it went. You couldn't just... Yeah, you walk around and make friends with some dudes, but those dudes had enemies. And fucking they were constantly fighting. And you could just be killed just for looking different because they, they, they wouldn't know what they were looking at. Like, what kind of evil spirit is that? Kill it. This is the way it was back in those days, early 1900s. That's why, you know, they were looking for... What was his name? Dr. Livingston? Yeah. Never did find that dude, did they? Did they ever find him? No, I don't think they ever did, actually. Yeah. Your life expectancy for a white man was about six months. Well, it's a big continent. It's a big know, continent. So could, they, could have fed him, they could have fed him to pigs. Or yeah, they could have dangerous. done any number of things. That's the thing. But, uh, yeah, it's like... the Okay, here's something that... I don't know why I just thought of this, but, you know, when you said something about, like, uh, you know, white people didn't know anything about any other countries. Not really, no. So my uh, stepdad, who's old as shit, his mother who has passed away. She passed away many years ago. I lived in the UK in the 90s 
And when I was back home, she asked me if they had VCRs. They didn't know they had VCRs. In the UK. In the UK, yeah. It's like, I don't understand. Like, did she think? And the thing about, the, the thing that's ironic about that was that in the 1990s, the UK technologically, as far as like, uh, you know, cell phone technology and stuff like that, was several years ahead than the United States. Because um, I remember being in the UK in the 90s and being like, holy crap, there were like cell phone yeah. shops like everywhere. Yeah. Everybody had them. And it's like this was significantly before most people in the US had them. And so I thought that was very funny that she would ask me. I was like, what, like, do you think that they're just all yeah. like, living in huts or what the fuck yeah well, it just seemed it's like i don't know why that it's just like my baby laugh i was just like i mean she's very old but still i would go back to mississippi <laughs> visit my dad my grandmother would be there it's hilarious i'd have pictures of brazil you know and it was hard for my grandmother she was old then this is in the 80s late 80s it was hard for her to wrap her mind around brazil there was a lot of things about it that she had a hard time grasping. One of the things that really blew her mind is that she had a hard time grasping that white people lived in Brazil. That's some weird shit. That's I like, show her pictures of fucking kids I went to school with, and she's she they're white. And I said, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're white. <laughs> Why wouldn't White they? people live in Brazil? Said, yeah, because they think All kind of people live yeah, in Brazil. Yeah, white people, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's thinking it's like Africa. I said, like, Africa's so over funny. here. <laughs> you know? And then skyscrapers and you know showed her Sao Paulo it's bigger than New York you know yeah it it's massive it's massive 20 million people it's ma- It's one of the biggest cities in the world yeah that blew her fucking mind that it was urban yeah it doesn't look like an American city well it, a it lot of cities have, in Africa are urban yeah. too and I think yeah. even into the 80s and maybe even yeah. into the 90s that people didn't realize that they actually have like big huge cities yeah. in Africa too and then uh, I was telling weird. her how good the food was by Shahaskaria which is like Brazilian barbecue which they have Chahasco here. It's good. It's called Texas do Brasil. We were the talking Texas about that. Me and my brother and sister were talking about that last night. It's going to cost you about 100 bucks to eat there. It's all you can eat beef and fucking pork. And yeah, shit. my sister had Ooh. eaten that Texas to Brazil a few times. Yeah. She was talking about how good it was. But now I was telling her what you ate in Brazil, and it blew her mind when I said, no, the food's better. She says, the food's better? Because Americans of that era thought that the outside world was basically just poverty. That they didn't have food. Yes, they thought everybody was still living in yeah. like mud huts or something. Yeah, I guess no technology. They have television. That kind of shit. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like old people. Like in the nineties, yeah. were yeah. asking me if in the UK. But here's the fucking. They had like TVs and VCRs. I'm like, obviously. But here's the fucking thing. It's just that there wasn't any flow of information. She didn't know. Okay, Brazil in the 1920s was exactly like America of the 1920s. If not, maybe even better. Portugal, uh, Argentina of the, of the 60s and 70s had a much higher GDP standard of living than the United States. Venezuela at one time was richer than the United States GDP per capita. Venezuela was a fucking paradise up until I think about the 80s. Um, there were very wealthy Central and South American countries. Okay, And then you got people up here fucking... Well, all this migration happening, you know, and there's, oh, well, we got to get them out of Mexico. We got to save them. Mexico's a fucking paradise compared to a lot of places in the United States. Mexico's nice. All yeah, right. I mean, depending on where you go. Depends but on this, where you go. But, but the know, same Mexico. is true of the United States. Yeah, it's like I mean, there's right. pro- there's some places in the United States yeah. I absolutely would not live. Exactly. So, you know. 
But no, I've been looking at Mexico recently, you know what I mean? Tijuana used to be a joke uh, when I was a little kid. But, you know, Connor Vatslan, you know, he's a regular on the show. We talk off, sh off, off camera all the time, you know. Fucking uh, talk about all kinds of shit. Food and fucking politics and talk about booty and just everything. You know how what guy talk, you know. Food, like, politics, and booty. booty. Yeah, yeah. But fucking, the, um, Tijuana's fucking great now. You know, it's not like it was when I was a little kid, you know. A lot of people are retiring to Mexico, yeah. I feel like. If you got, if, if, let's say you're retired and you got a retirement fund, you want to go to Mexico. You know, you find a good place in Mexico that the cartels control, <laughs> where it's nice and safe, down in fucking near Yucatan or something, you know what I mean? Near the resorts. Or, they say Mexico City's great. It's got a great goth scene. And um, you get a That's lot what for I've your heard, money. I, yeah, I've seen a lot of, like, really yeah. cool shit down there. For what I'm paying the mortgage on this house in Mexico, it would be a mansion, a palace. I would be tempted if it wasn't even hotter than here. It's I not, really would like to move somewhere It's dry, cooler. though. It's drier than Florida. It's, it, it would not be... It would, I'm more a cold weather girl. The, I don't, the weather I don't like is, this heat or the The weather would be more shit. tolerable. Like, uh, Egypt was fucking real hot, but it was just bone dry. So it was easy to tolerate. And every night was cool and crisp. Because there's no moisture to hold in any I don't, air. I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah, I liked it. I liked the Middle East. It had good weather. For me, you know, I, I don't mind the weather. Real hot, but there's zero humidity. So your body's I just natural like, cooling. I, I like cold weather, and I like cloudy. Like I like cloudy weather. You know what I mean? I like overcast and rainy a little bit. I don't really like sunny. I'm not a big fan of that. I'm not a fan of heat. I'm not a fan of sunny. I know some, and like you know, everybody's different. But I'm not a big beachy person. I'm not a big like fucking ooh, let's go to like to the islands. And I was like, I'm not into that. And I was like. Because I, I grew up in Florida. It's old. You know, it got old. I grew up on the beach. Uh, yeah, Sebastian said... What, Brent, Brent Phil says, we live in grass huts. We dream about living in <laughs> I don't know where you're from, Ben. Well, I don't know where Ben's from. So, you know. I just think it's, like, so yeah. funny. It's just so funny to me that, like, the perceptions of it. And I understand why, because, like, like I said, even into the 1980s, I feel like a lot of Americans had the perception that everyone else in the world was super backwards and yeah, that they yeah. lived in the, like they didn't have big cities or they didn't have yeah. like the same shit we had. And like most people do. Yeah. So it's like, I just thought that was like very, very funny. Sebastian said, what's that disease uh, caused from eating brains? Um, I think they call it Kuru. Yeah. Kuru. Hugo says that his friend in Germany thought that, 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 that Mexico, Mexico was like, like a speedy, speedy Gonzalez. Gonzalez <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know what? And I kind of feel like some movies, still give you that perception. Yeah. I'm not saying that there aren't like pockets of it that still kind of look like that, but I mean, they just have, they have regular cities just like we everywhere has. Yeah, and you got poor neighborhoods and you got right. trashy just, border towns and shit, but that's I just, mean, we have that yeah. in the US too. Yeah. I kind of feel like you just have that everywhere. Like there's a massive spectrum. We got a Mexican spectrum. Got a Mexican restaurant and a market over here. We're all, a, our farm workers in this area, we're in a horse and cattle area. Yeah, we're a little bit farm rural kind of. Right, yeah, it's in between cities, all right? Um, and um, so we got guys coming. They're not really from Mexico. They're from, uh, they're coming uh, south of Mexico, which would be like, you know, Honduras. El yeah, Salvador. like Central American. But those, the thing is people don't realize that those states were breakaway republics that broke off of Mexico. Mexico used to be bigger back in the day. And they their cultures are 
similar. They eat a lot of the same thing. But the um, the markets over there have Mexican food like Oaxaca cheese and things that Mexicans buy. And if you go in there thinking that this is going to be cheap, you're dead wrong. That shit's expensive here. Okay, because they're imported delicacies. Some of the shit's made locally by hand here. All right. Like I went there to get some Oaxaca cheese for fucking tacos. It was good cheese. It was very good. Yeah, but that shit was fucking expensive, man. Here, this shit's well, expensive. it's a specialty, it's a specialty item. Like, you're not right. going to, you know, you can't blame yeah. them for, like, charging more for it yeah. because, you know. But they got beef in there and pork and chicken, but they, the beef and the pork are cut in Mexican cuts because Americans will cut things into T-bones and fucking filet mignon. And Mexico will have it. And same thing with Brazil. They have different cuts that they yeah. use that you buy. So they have the Mexican cuts. And that restaurant in there, if you look at it, it just looks like a two-bit diner, really. It doesn't look like anything. The food's fucking great. And it's not cheap. It's, it's expensive. Homemade guacamole. They made it right there. Fresh avocados from the local farms here. Uh, I got... Um, uh, shit, what's that, uh, what's that beer? The beer with the fucking hot sauce in it. Uh, <laughs> Michelada. Mich- yeah, Michelada. 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 But their Michelada had the Mexican hot sauce in it. That was good. It's beer on ice with Mexican hot sauce in it. Tomato juice and hot sauce. Which sounds so, good, but it would probably give me a like, terrible heartburn. It so, would. It yeah, would. So I'd probably... And then uh, they're drinking that. Should probably pass. And then to the workers, they're given um, uh, lunch lunch on the fly. Basically what they'll do is, is a whole bunch of them will come in on a truck. And they'll have lunch specials where they'll sell them a bag. And in that bag has got some Mexican sandwiches type stuff or a taco rolled up or a burrito with a soup and a beer. You know, that kind of shit. You know what I mean? And um, they'll sell it in a bag. and Or sometimes it goes out in a big, big box of it for a whole crew. They give special prices for, for workers. But it's dine in. They're dining in in there. It's weird because it's like Central America. I walked in, you know what I mean? There wasn't... I'm in my motorcycle gear. I'm trying to get something to eat. But I kind of clicked back into South American mode. There's nowhere to sit down. So I just sit with people that have already sitting down in the booth. Because <laughs> it's all men. They're all workers. They, they don't care that you don't know them. And then I just start ordering that order around. Give everybody a beer. It's not like, hey, man, get out of the booth. It's just They just don't do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everybody's got to eat. They got to get back to work. Not, you know, and I don't well, know. Well, yeah, because like I said, this is, around here, there's yeah. a lot of farms. So you're, you're just going right. to get like a lot of farm workers. Yeah. And they, you know, there's yeah. a lot of restaurants around here that cater. So I just them. sat down in a booth with the other dudes and then just fucking started ordering and fucking bought everybody a beer. You know? Well, there you go. You know, and fucking. That's what you do. And, then, and I couldn't understand them. Like, I speak Portuguese. My Spanish, I can understand, but I couldn't. Their dialect; those were some country fucks. I don't know where they were from. <laughs> <laughs> I could pick out a bunch of the words, and you know what I mean, and just little comments. I understood, you know, like, you know, like, oh, thank you, give me that. What is that there? You know, just stuff like that. You know, I know what they're saying. It's just that I couldn't really catch all the conversation. Yeah, I, knew I this, mean, the basic tone is oh, that motherfucker's fucked up, or I gotta get out of here. Oh man, they're fucking work. They're working us too hard. That kind of shit. You know. Well, that's the thing. I kind of feel like this is kind of this is why I kind of try to like suspend judgment about pretty much everything because 
everything is nuanced. It's like, yeah. I, I understand that, like, human brains are only so big and you can only have, you know, countries you've never been to, places you've never been, shit like that. You know, obviously you're going to have, like, a few misconceptions about it just because of the way it's portrayed in media and your country or something like that. But you always have to think, well, how nuanced is the place where we live? Um, everywhere else in the world is like that, too. So... You know what I mean? People probably have, like, all kind of, like, misperceptions about Florida, some of which are true. I'm not saying that. But, um, you know, there is, like, some really stupid people here, and there's, like, some really stupid fucked up shit happening here. But um, you can't, like... I mean, this is a massive, massive state. It's huge. It's a huge, huge fucking state. And, you know, seriously, you go, like, three four or five miles down the road, and shit's completely different. So there's, like, little pockets of all kind of different things in Florida. Yeah, there's a lot of stupid rednecky shit. Yeah, there's a lot of you know, just stupid shit going on in Florida. There is. But it's not all like that. And there's, like, a lot of really cool-ass people here. There's a lot of really cool, like, little kind of cool, like, pockets of culture and stuff like that that you maybe wouldn't think, like, if you were just seeing it, like, an aggregate. So I kind of feel like everywhere is like that. So you can't just, like, paint every single place with a big huge broad brush because you know thousands millions of people live there and all of those people are different so i you know i try not to be like that but it's hard not to be because everybody has perceptions about probably when i was a kid i probably thought all the same kind of shit about other countries that everybody did because that's just what you were taught you'd never been there you know so you're always gonna like try to simplify things because that's just how people do Sebastian says, I'm in England and I'm in a mud hut. It's sustainable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I still, I don't know why I remember that so much. It's like, this is probably back, it's probably in the night. I feel like it was probably the late 90s because I think I first went to the UK in 1995 or early 1996. And I went back and forth there all throughout the 90s and probably until like 2009, I think was the last time I went there. So I just thought it was very funny that old people in the United States, like, thought... I don't know what they thought was going on over there. I'm like, they're... It's just the same as here, pretty much. I mean, and like, in some ways, they were ahead. Like I said, particularly in cell phone technology, that was one thing that pointed... That um, stood out to me a lot, was that they adopted um, cell phones a lot quicker like uh, on a larger scale than Americans did at least from my perspective because it did seem like even in the 90s when only rich people really that I knew of had cell phones in the U.S. like car phones and stuff like in the U.K. it seemed like more people had them and there were more little shops that sold them and stuff like that like in the town centers and everything which we didn't have yet but that might have been where I grew up I'm not really sure but I'm just saying that that was my perception that they were like way ahead in that regard but, you know, that's so funny, though, about, like, fucking thinking Mexico was, like, a Speedy Gonzalez cartoon. I, you know what? I, I, I feel bad saying this, but I think I probably thought that as well when I was a kid. It's like, you probably thought, like, the whole thing, like, oh, everybody, like, oh, it's, t you know, four o'clock in the afternoon, everyone's taking a siesta with their sombreros, like, over their fucking... <laughs> but it's, like, and it's not, and it's totally not like that, but, you know... Humans are, humans are not really, we didn't really evolve to 
live in global communities. Like, we're getting there, but it's hard for us to extrapolate our own experience to more than, like, two, three hundred people or, like, our own communities, so it's hard for us to see... It's easy for us to see nuance, like, right in front of our faces, but I kind of feel like it's hard for us to see nuance, like, on a larger scale. You know what I mean? So you kind of, like, perceive... So you try to, like, simplify everything, like, outside of your own sphere of experience, which is kind of a shame, but I kind of feel like everybody does that. It's a pretty natural human tendency. <laughs> Most of the world is China and India, all right? And uh, if you study people that have... Study the works of people like fucking Serpent ZA, guys that lived in China for a long time, or Sea Milk. He's got a channel on YouTube. They married Chinese women. They lived there for a long time. They moved here now. And they'll tell you Chinese attitudes and Chinese thinking. Um, dealing with them, you're dealing, it's like going back to time, going back in time to the 1920s or the 1930s kind of like, uh, you know, I was telling how kind of hokey those old King Kong movies were. and That's how they see the outside world. They're just like that. They're like white people of the 1920s or the 30s. Where China is the only civilized country. Everybody else is basically a barbarian or a savage. Um, just uh, they only stick with their own. There's no real um, globalization. Oh, hell no. The Chinese would never go for that. I'm not even sure the Indians would. But out of the two, Indians are a little bit more open-minded. But no, not the Chinese. So there will never be any globalization. Not on, not on the globe. Globalization will only happen in the West. Which means that... When you let the world into your civilization, it just becomes the world. And if you look at the world, the world is mostly fighting. Yeah, which... Because they won't agree on anything. Whatever. Yeah, but like I said, that's just the way humans are. I mean... Yeah, yeah. I mean, humans have, to, have a tendency yeah. to... Um, one, believe whatever beliefs they grew up with. Yeah. Two, they tend to, um, you know, have very in-group, out-group thinking. Yeah. But the thing about it is that if you're aware of that, and uh, you're cognizant of that, and you try to, like, not be that way, that's, like, a little bit better. But you have to kind of, like, be aware that that's a natural... It is a natural human proclivity, though. When you're talking about East Asia, most of them are Chinese. Then you have the Japanese. And the Japanese are big into Western stuff. But if you talk to people who've... You know, Westerners that have lived there and married Japanese people... They're in some ways kind of like the Chinese, where it's a Japan-first mentality. It's kind of a fishbowl that's designed to protect the status of the Japanese male. That he's kind of paramount in that situation. They're not going to let anybody in. All right, no one will be displace them in their own land. Which, okay, and that's how they that's how they roll. Um, and I lived in Korea for a year. That's the other third civilization. Those three civilizations were fighting each other for thousands of years with Korea caught in the middle. And out of them all, I kind of like the Koreans. They're extremely homogeneous. Half of them are in North Korea, or a lot of them are in North Korea, which is fucked up. It's the world's biggest prison. The totalitarian mind control cult. 
And it is a cult. It's a cult on par with, like, Scientology. All right. Um, well, they use a lot of the same techniques. Yeah. So we've talked about that before, like, cults right. in general. Because they right. know that the, it, the shit works. It works. You know, obviously. So. Yeah. And if you, you can get people to obey you and believe anything, if you're willing to punish their... Ch- their children and their parents for the crimes that you commit. And that's the way... Well, yeah, because that doesn't give you any choice. There's no choice. Well, because the thing about it is that, and in a way, this is kind of, you're taking advantage of an admirable thing about humans Mm -hmm. is that sometimes humans will die for their own beliefs. Right. But if you say, hey, I'm going to kill your kid, your baby... And your mom. Then people are like, well, wait a minute, because you don't want to, like, be responsible for someone else's death. That's, like, a whole other level. So they've got it rigged up where they're holding everybody hostage by each other. So you can't sacrifice yourself in some kind of act of rebellion, because you're punished to three... to, to three generations. You well, because be they understand, too, that if yeah. you sacrifice yourself for your beliefs, then you right. become a martyr and right. you will become admirable right. because that's an admirable trait in most yeah. people's assessment. Right. So in the West, we're brought up because we have in a liberal democracy and the liberal democracy is fucking total control of the university and the, and, and, and the education system. And they teach concepts here that are not really true and one of the things that they teach that isn't true is that freedom always wins and that liberalism always wins it doesn't you just have to apply enough horror onto the people and that's how you win all right there will never be any liberal democracy in north korea they'll fucking kill you and two other generations of your family if you try any shit like that and then they're so brainwashed your death will be heralded as a great thing as the rest of the society turns on you for being a scum, a traitor. You know, to, 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 so no, totalitarianism works if you put enough horror behind it, which is something they don't want to teach here. It's a scary idea, I guess. Here, they, they, they teach, oh, the pen is mightier than the sword. No, it isn't. The sword is much mightier I, than I the never, pen. I never learned that. Oh, yeah, this pen is mightier than the sword because we have this legal system and we can do this and we can... Nah, 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 nah. The sword is mightier than the pen. You can cut any judge to ribbons with a sword. And that's what happens. And that's what's happened in other countries. Um, just all depends on the situation. It's the conditions. It's, uh, conditions dictate how the society will be. And the conditions did not dictate, the conditions did not allow anything like liberal democracy in, in Korea. Even even South Korea is not a liberal democracy, really. It was a dictatorship. It was a U.S.-sponsored dictatorship, but it was built kind of like slightly on American values. It was kind of like a fake America in a certain way, but without anything like diversity. No, they were homogeneity. You know what I mean? And, and they were just Koreans. Uh, they did weird shit, too. Like, Korean girls would get knocked up by GIs from the United States, and they would give those kids up for adoption. They weren't allowed to walk around in society. They weren't Koreans. So they were kept in prisons, basically, or orphanages. And eventually uh, sent to the United States, or given, uh, or they were given away to the United States. You could you could get them through uh, like you know 
adoption programs. But when I they hit 18, I feel like that kind of shit happened here in the 50s, up yeah, until probably the 50s kind of, or the 60s. Yeah, when it hit 18, they just shipped them back to the United States. They sent them to some military base and cut them loose. Fucking sad, man. They don't even speak English. <laughs> so, because they didn't want anybody impurifying them, impurifying their race. And that was the South. Which is such a silly concept. I just always find that so silly. <sighs> well, concept. most countries are, 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 are ethno-states. No, I get that. You can't it's be just... Korean without being Korean. And when they mean Korean, they mean genetically Korean. Yeah, I know. That's exactly... But like I said... Japan's like that. You I can't mean, be from, an, from a scientific yeah. evolutionary standpoint, that is a ridiculous concept. They've been doing it for a long time. I know that, but it's still okay, a uh, nice concept. Just from a scientific you, standpoint. Yeah, you can't be a Japanese citizen without being Japanese. Uh, you know what I mean? And they mean Japanese race. It's not something that you can... And the Chinese are pretty much the same way, I believe. Although I think you can be half Chinese and be a Chinese citizen. There were um, some of uh, these guys that were marrying the Chinese women uh, were having children with them, and then the Chinese state was getting pissed off that they were taking the children to the United States and not keeping them in, in, in China. They wanted... The Chinese government wanted to raise them as Chinese. Now, so they were saying nefarious, for nefarious reasons, they wanted them in the Chinese government to, in the intelligence agencies to use them as sex operatives or spies, basically. Which, uh, there may be something to that. The Chinese are, they're like that. They use sex operatives in their intelligence agencies. Or maybe they just wanted to marry those girls. I don't know. But there's a... Uh, one of C. Milk's or, or, or Serpent Z.A.'s friend is the dad to um, a girl who has a channel on YouTube. I think it's called Raising... What's, her, what's the name of that channel? Anyway, she's a half Chinese girl. She looks like a little model. She's probably about 10. And they took her out of China and brought her to the United States. And the Chinese government was pissed about it. They, they wanted her to stay in China. Raising Shanghai, I think, is what is what the name of that channel was, I think. I can find it. But if you see with the girl, you know, because the, these guys are going there, and they're kind of here, they're just regular dudes. But they were going to China, and they were marrying Chinese women that were like doctors, you know, making a lot of money. And I guess they were kind of... I wouldn't want to say, you know, I don't want to be sexist about it, that the girls were using the the the, uh, the white guys as trophies, trophy husbands, but I think that's kind of what the, what the situation was. Using them as trophy husbands. It was a South African guy and an American guy. But, uh... But this is before all this problems with China. Well, there was always problems with China, just that it wasn't really in the forefront. Three or four years ago, China started to crack down. This is right before COVID. They started to crack down and become more totalitarian. And they were kicking foreigners out. And doing everything they can to try to like get foreigners into prison. They were accusing them all of being spies. And that's when those two guys ran from China. They went to Taiwan. And the United States. I think, you know, But they're in Taiwan a lot now. But they married these girls. They're good women too you know they're not bad um just, i don't know if i could 
<laughs> I don't know if I can marry a woman that can eat a live frog, though. <laughs> if I can pick up a frog and fucking chew the head off of it. Well, I'm not going to do that just because I feel bad for the frog. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> like, oh, no, no, I need it. I'm more like going to pick up the frog and be like, oh. <laughs> Sorry, little buddy. <laughs> I would never do that to an animal. Mm. I mean, like I said, I know that it's like that's how they're, you know, that's they don't think it's weird and stuff. Yeah, eat alive. I mean, and I'm not, you know, I can't really like judge because you know I'm not a vegetarian. Obviously, I do eat meat, but I would rather like the animals that are killed for meat. I would rather just them just like be killed like as humanely as possible. Yeah, no, the Chinese. So they don't know what's. I'm not real into. Honestly, I'm not real. I'm even not real comfortable about. Them putting like lobsters and crabs and stuff in like boiling water. Alive. Well, that kills them instantly. Though. I know, but yeah. I still don't like it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't like do that it. to a cat, and they were doing that to cats. Well, obviously, duh. But I'm just saying, no, they even... were doing that to cats and eating them, but they were fucking throwing them into boiling water alive to kill them, and that was some... they were doing that in Korea. That was. Like, but like I say, well, like yeah, yeah. obviously that's horrific. But yeah. it's like I'm even saying and that I was, was illegal watching in Korea too. I was watching yeah. a um. Like a cooking show the other day, so it might have been uh, it might have been um, Hell's Kitchen because I've been watching like the new Gordon season. But I think they did like throw some fucking and look, I love seafood. Okay, I love lobster, I love crab and stuff like that. But I'm not super comfortable about them throwing the shit in the boiling water yeah. alive. I don't, I don't like it. I just don't. I don't, I don't like the it. Chinese will. Skip. Yes, I know they're like insects. Yes, yeah. I know that. But still, it's it just bothers me. The Chinese will take a, a dog. And skin the dog alive and let it walk around for a few hours because they said that the pain tenderizes the meat. And man, no, that's fucking totally. They have a dog festival where they're doing things like forcing the dog into the bottom of a red hot pot and trying to hold it in while it's alive. That fucking and it, it man, it's bad shit. And there were people that were trying to post videos of that, and, and Google was taking it down, saying it was culturally insensitive. And people were like, no, man, the outside world has to see what what what's done to these animals in other cultures and they said well we shouldn't condemn a whole culture for nah, you can't let well see i mean here's get, the thing i'm not get, gonna and, and, like i said i eat meat yeah um but i and look if you like don't want to eat meat because of like yeah. cruelty and animals that is like that's yeah. awesome i would like that's good but i'm just saying that if you're gonna eat meat yeah at least know where it's coming from i would rather it just yeah. be like cruelty free yeah you know what i mean here's just, the thing in the west the Western mostly, uh, its mores actually came. They're Judeo-Christian, mostly Christian though. Although there's Old Testament stuff in there too, which would make it Jewish also. But there was never any, never any um, explicit rules made about how to kill animals for food. It was the Muslims that came in later and came up with the idea of that you had to have what's called halal slaughter, which is you have to. You have to, you know, cut an animal's throat and allow it to bleed to death, which they considered to be painless. The idea wasn't that it had to be a throat cut. In the days that they made that rule, that was the most humane way the people who wrote this figured. Because they had seen other cultures do things like, and they said, eating animals while they were alive. Yeah. It explicitly says there in the Quran, you cannot eat an animal alive, that, that that's... Totally cruel. Which, like I said, that Which seems that, a lot more human. Yeah, right. So, what you're talking about, and from a religious standpoint or a cultural standpoint, would be halal slaughter. Yeah. In other words, fucking 
painless slaughter. Just cruelty freeze. They cruelty I don't want them to right. know what hit them. Right, exactly. Right. That's what that's what the Quran was talking about. Painless death for a food animal. Yeah, you want to minimize suffering yeah, yeah, right, as much right. as possible. Right. Let and them have like a really now, nice good life and then Now Serpent ZA said that he from what I remember him saying he said a lot of this stuff that the Chinese are doing about maximizing the fucking cruelty on the animal to make it more tender. He said that that was actually a thing that came out of the, the Cultural Revolution and that it was like mass psychosis during that time. And that they were fucking maximizing the cruelty and suffering of other humans during that time. And it bled over into how to slaughter so it was animals. it like a whole thing. Yeah, it was a whole thing at once. Which where you have a fucking society that's basically become psychopathic, and if you well, look at what happened in the Cultural Revolution, those fuckers were psychopaths. The they thing, were they were they were they were eating each other. There was cannibalism, and there wasn't starvation when where they were doing cannibalism. They were just eating people because they were accusing them of being capitalists. If you were a capitalist, they well, killed you. And the ate problem you. is it's called them, and I, and, and it, some people might not believe me. Google what's called a flesh banquet, Chinese flesh banquet. And it will come up. It's confirmed. They were doing that in the 80s, eating people for being capitalists. And it didn't have anything to do with the government. It was like Red Guard, which would be kind of like their version of Antifa. They'd just grab a motherfucker and just get a whole mob incited against somebody. You're a capitalist. And then they fucking kill that person and eat them. And they weren't starving. The problem is sometimes that from a cultural standpoint... If you beat down people enough, um, sometimes uh, a significant percentage of those people will be like, well, I don't have anything to lose. I have been shit on my whole entire yeah. life, so I'm going to shit on others. On everything else. Worse Even animals. You're right, to yeah. like, make myself yeah. feel better. And that's yeah. unfortunate. Um, but that is something that happens a lot, like, in yeah. human psychology. Yeah. Now, it can go either way, because some people that are horribly, horribly mm. abused as children or, you know, in their culture will learn to, like, not do that. And they will actually be more compassionate because of their uh, experiences. But you also have the other side of the coin where people will become even more sociopathic because they're like, well, nobody gave a shit about me. Yeah. I was treated like this, so I'm going to treat people even worse than I was treated. So that's something else that you have to... So anytime you have like any kind of widespread maltreatment of people yeah. like that, you have to watch because a lot of times a significant portion of the people in the next generation will be like, I don't even give a fuck because... Yeah. I was treated really horribly, so I'm just going to treat other people even really to, to make them feel better yeah. about themselves, to make them feel like they have worth, like they're above someone else yeah. because they felt like they were at the bottom. You know what I mean? Yeah. Serpent ZA, he hypothesized that uh, in the Chinese Cultural Revolution, certain elements of psychopathy became normalized, and one of them was how they slaughtered animals. So, well, and that's the thing, too. If, like, a yeah. lot of people are around you, if everyone around yeah. you is yeah. doing something fucked up... Yeah, then you think it's normal. Then significantly, yeah, it's it's going to become, like, not as right. unusual. Like, obviously, now in the West, thankfully, um, yeah, everybody loves hearing about, like, fucked up serial killers and stuff like that. But in a way, I know this, this is going to sound like a fucked up thing to say, but that's almost like the sign of a healthy society. Everyone's interested in that. Because it's fucked up, and 99% right. of people understand that that's fucked up. Yeah. That's why they're interested in it, because it doesn't happen that often. 
right. because it's fucked up. Yeah. So, but if you get to a, a a point where like a whole civilization is like that's not even fucked up, and they're just like trying to like they're all doing it, and they're trying yeah. to like one up each other, then obviously that yeah. is not a good situation. Because I'm a hunter and a cook, and I will tell you, torturing an animal will not make it taste better. Even if it did, it that not. wouldn't justify nope. it. If it, if it made it taste better, made it tender, I still wouldn't do it. I would no. just learn. I would Why just, would you? I would just learn how. To, I would just do. Put the bitch in a crock pot. It'll be nice and tender and succulent. Slow cook it. Like I said, even Fuck if it, it did right. make it taste better, yeah. that doesn't make right. it okay to it, do it. It's like a Chinese medicine and shit. Uh, it's just it's an illusion. Okay, eating ginseng because the root looks like a man with a big dick. Will not make your dick big. Eating ginseng will not make your dick big. Well, that's magical thinking. It's magical thinking. Well, I think uh, I think a lot of well the, torturing an animal. I think is magical. Yeah, yeah, thinking. yeah. It's magical well, and thinking. like I said, that's a that's another thing. Right, humans, yeah. even modern humans in the United States, in Europe, and stuff like that, still have that because yeah. that's very. You, you have a very well. You had the kind of thing, like especially back in like the the Middle Ages, where you had the um, that root that kind of looked like a person. Yeah, and mandrake, they use yeah the mandrake, mandrake root that looked like. So they use that in witchcraft a lot because they're like, oh my god, it looks like a person. So that must have some significance. It doesn't. It's just like coincidental. But people, like I said, we evolved uh, not to see things as they are necessarily, but it's like we evolved. In a way that would make things more advantageous to us. That doesn't mean it's like correct or anything like that. So a lot of our thought processes are not entirely, um, are not entirely reliable. Yeah. But it, like, if you know that, you have to like find a like you have to correct for it. Is what I'm saying. But you have to know about it before you can correct for it, because you know. Yeah. But that's just. But it's very common. A lot of humans think like that. I think like that. Everybody thinks like that. But you have to, like, kind of be like, oh, well, this is... You have to kind of take yourself up another level and be like, okay, well, that that's not really the way things are. But I understand, like, that's yeah. kind so of... So how long have we been streaming? Uh, two hours and 50... Shit, this is a three-hour show. Y'all y'all got a deluxe well, it's Saturday, Saturday show. Night. We're well, not going anyplace. I know that, but I have to make so. something to eat. I'm fucking hungry. Aren't you hungry? A little bit. Okay. <laughs> um, I'll see what I can make down there. But yeah, what I got, I, oh, I got chicken breast thawed, and I got Spanish rice. All right, so good. I'll make us like a little Mexican bowl. Okay, with some uh, sauteed chicken or something, like a fajita type thing. We'll see. We'll see. I, I don't have any. I have corn tortillas. That's it. I'll make something up. We'll I don't see. know. Make whatever you want. I'll make something. It's, up. it's fine with me. No, okay. Fine with me. All right. Go ahead, uh, go ahead yeah. and shut so, this shit down, Jenny. Well, okay. Right. So, we've drunk a lot. Yeah. So, I don't know. Do you want to do a movie review tomorrow or no? Because if we do, yeah, we, we'll have do to, we have to watch a movie tonight no, or, we'll do or tomorrow. We don't, well, if we watch, we'll watch one tomorrow. Tomorrow's I mean, Sunday, right? Yeah. We'll watch it in the afternoon. Okay, we'll see how it goes. But like yeah. I said, I didn't put up a vote thing, okay. so we'll just like watch whatever. Okay. All right. And then we also have to do like the haunting episode for Monday. Yeah. And like I said, I don't know if I have to work on Monday or not, so we'll see. Okay. So I'll try to like announce like what time right. it's on and stuff like that. Like I said, everything's gonna be kind of like catch as catch can yeah. until I figure out figure out a way to get, do a vote what the us. schedule is gonna be like, what the vote's oh, gonna be we like. Have, we already have a a, a, a one for. Uh, we wanted to do Hungry Ghosts again, didn't we? 
Yeah, I already did a card for it and everything. I haven't, like, made notes for it yet, but I already, like, did all the other preliminary shit. So, yeah, we'll still do one on Monday, but it might be later. I'm not, like, actually sure. But I'm if I have to, if I don't have to get to work on Monday, then we'll do the show on at 6. But if I do, then it might be 7 or 7.30. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, and maybe we'll do a movie review tomorrow. Maybe we won't. We'll see how it goes. Um, like I said, until I figure out like what my work schedule is going to be like, I don't really know like how the shit's going to go. So hopefully you guys can deal with, uh, (laughs) all this uncertainty as we're trying to figure out like our new schedule and everything like that. So maybe we'll see you tomorrow. If not, then we'll definitely see you on Monday at some time for the haunting episode. So thank you everybody for dropping by this evening and hanging out with us. And we will see you either Sunday or Monday. Good night.